Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, we're back. Back with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. It's Halloween. Halloween. It's spooky season. I should have done a spooky remix of the intro. <laughs> <laughs> spooky, scary skeletons. <laughs> oh, no, but hello, guys. Welcome back to the Meet the Front of podcast with oh. me, Harry. Me, Dan. And this is episode 15, um, which is incredible, actually. We're nearly at the 20 mark, which is, well, we're not actually, we're like five away, but we're nearly at the 20 mark. And uh, yeah, close. thanks for tuning in every week. Um, yeah, it's been great so far. Um, but yeah, today we have Mr. Tom Leake, who is the runner of RRP, which is a random rave project. If you don't know, now you know. Um, <laughs> he's also an artist manager and digital marketing extraordinaire. Do you want to give us a bit about yourself, Mr. Tom? Uh, if yeah, there's anything so, left. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you've covered it all in about 10 seconds. So oh, sorry. sorry. It's going to be the shortest interview so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, I've got the RRP, um, which is a sort of online music platform, underground news, um, from the underground strictly. Um, yeah, what else do we do? We, we do written press, but we sort of moved away from that into more sort of social media friendly, digestible, we call it, content. Yeah whether it's digestible or not, up for debate. Lovely word. Um, word. Well, then I've got the marketing agency, which is the NYX. So yep. we do like 360 marketing for different brands. We've got like Amelie Lens, Exhale, Second State, Pan Pot, well, um, Extreme Outdoor Festival, Printworks, all sorts in there. But yeah, cool. that's it. Please, right. Thanks for having <laughs> Thanks for being on top. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll, we'll see um, you next week. <laughs> Oh, just a quick one back on your agency. Just for anyone at home who doesn't know what a 360 degree marketing agency is, do you want to just tell them all those? Because uh, I might not know. So you just ruined my whole pitch all in one. You, you, <laughs> you pulled me up on the first bit of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so 360 degree marketing is supposedly, whether this is true or not, but this is why I tell people it is, is um, basically hitting, hitting your consumer at every possible level. Yeah. So whether that's through digital marketing, uh, whether that's through on the ground, guerrilla, through mailers, it's you, you're trying to hit people at every single point. Mm. So we we can offer that to our clients through whether this is through mailing lists, through uh, retargeting of ads, um, activation campaigns, merchandise, whatever it might be. We try we can cover all those options: SEO, Google AdWords, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. Wow. wow. That is <laughs> lovely. That's Very intense, intro. fucking sick, yeah. I love yeah. it. Madness. Um, so I just wanted to start on kind of, um, obviously, more stuff about you. It's all about you, mate. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, At least cares. <laughs> you mentioned You've mentioned to us beforehand about just some stuff um, that like got you into the whole scene and um, kind of where you dip your fingers in, in the scene. <laughs> you said you started, obviously, Lord of the Tings. That's yeah. correct, isn't it? Which obviously is a crime night. In Manchester, um, when was this, and was this during university? Um, and like, how did that come about? Yes, yeah, so basically, um, I was never, I was never keen on going to university, um, but I didn't really have a clue what I wanted to do. Um, yes. Ended up in Manchester, still didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Just basically went on the first course that said to take me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel got you, there. I feel got there, then. Still didn't know what I wanted to do, but my mate said, ah, I run this party in London. Um, you're pretty well connected, you know. You know people mm. around campus. Um, should we try and should we try and put it on together? 
Yeah. All I all at the time, all I really knew was that I like partying, and I was like, "Yeah, if we can make, <laughs> we can make some money, why it's not?" It's a good place to start, mate. To be honest, exactly. With you. <laughs> I didn't bring much else to the table other than I can stay on the dance floor for a long time. <laughs> um, I think that's but, the energy we all need, to be honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we 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 put on this party. Um, it was the end of exams party uh, for our first year as freshers. Basically, me and my mate Isaac, we we were running it together, and ev- everyone turned up. Um, we we sold out in fifteen minutes of putting it Fucking online. Um, we had a two hour queue at the at the venue before we went to even set up. People were trying to get tickets, and sort of from that point onwards, it just sort of snowballed. It got we did we just put the event online, and it would sell out. It was one of those like. I thought, shit, I'm gonna be rich for the rest of my life. <laughs> this is this like this game's easy, as yeah. the ever would say. I love this game, sort of thing. Fair play. But um, so yeah, decided to switch to house and techno, and it all went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell any tickets anymore for anything. Yeah, mate, that's <laughs> so that's so true, man. It's so true. I think the life of a promoter for the house music scene. I think most people know that it is a bloody challenge. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, what what made you switch to house and techno kind of stuff? Um, so grime music and that sort of um, thing never it, it was never sort of like don't get me wrong I like going to the parties I enjoyed them but if I was at a party that I was sort of paying for a ticket for it was house and techno started yeah. going to things like Warehouse Project when you were in Manchester oh yes you start sort of. We had that and we had Sankeys as well. We were still there when Sankeys was happening. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Jeez. And, um, yeah, so like that that was the music I was into. Um, as sort of this point, I decided that I wanted to, to work in work in events. Um, and I sort of set up the Random Ray project at this time as well. But it was purely to do events with. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, it was just that it was more my music scene and I thought, well, it's this easy doing it in this side. If I if I enjoy it, it's going to be even easier. That hell was <laughs> yeah, ever wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like my bank account can tell you that for free. <laughs> That's was, so um, true, right? So was RRP always a thing before, like at the time of starting Lord of the Things? Was um, it's a funny name actually. But um, was that was that always, was that like a sister brand or was it just kind of like so, your own self project you were running behind the scenes? Um, I've, my dad's always told me that you need to like do stuff right at the start so that. If if it does ever kick off or boot off, you don't have to deal with the like the issues of sorting out the, um, later down the line. Yeah. yeah. So the RRP was actually a holding company for the Lord of the Tings. Um, me and my oh. mate owned 50-50 of the RRP. But then when we split, I basically he took the Lord of the Tings company, like Lord of the Tings LTD. Yeah. And then I took the Random Road Project LTD. So it moved from what was sort of an umbrella company, if you do business management, to uh, to um, yeah, 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 <laughs> 100%, 100%. To, uh, upskill, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reboot, reskill. Um, but yeah, that then sort of became a main sort of operating platform, and I sort of focused everything through that. Sick, 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 sick. Because um, I'm kind of doing a little timeline of your of your. Uh, industry uh, experience at the moment aren't we <laughs> but, um, you said obviously then because you went from doing Lord of the Things which got you good money I'm, I'm assuming whatever that did and then obviously did you finish uni and then work for a booking agency which was Air London wasn't it yeah so wh- whilst I was at uni um, I was sort of doing doing different jobs various bits whether that was like a ticket seller 
um, for Sankeys. Then part of my, the, the, to be honest, the best bit about my course, um, most of it was a waste of time. But each year you had to do um, a placement and these placements got longer each year. So oh, like okay. the first one was three weeks, the second one um, a month, uh, third year was three months. Um, and I went in my third year, I was at Warehouse Project. Oh, second year, sick. I was doing something else, um, still events, sorry, still events based. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's how I sort of moved into events. I just started just doing lots of event based stuff. Uh, I, third year, I went to all the sort of uh, festivals run by Warehouse Project. And mm. I was doing like things for them, like accreditation, yeah. um, merchandise, all that sort of stuff. And then sick. from there, went down to got a job at Air London as an intern. Um, and yeah, that was sort of my first foray into like the proper world of music, not as a student working in it. Cause I think yeah. they're two different, mm. two different things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like with, when you're a student working in it, it's kind of, if you've got this kind of, there's no, you don't feel as much pressure at all. Cause you're a student, you've got like student loan coming in. I don't know <laughs> when I was, when we were doing, I mean, I wasn't, we weren't that serious in terms of like, we were making loads of money from events and stuff, no, but we no. were throwing our own events and like, it was great fun and that, but we never, cause we were students and it's just something we did to just have fun really. Um, it, although we made money, it was kind of like, there was no pressure on it. Like we, you know, I, I think also as well, like even you, you guys are in Southampton, right? Yeah. That, well, yeah. Well, I am so, not still, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living um, the, the Waitrose life in Berkshire, baby. Groovy, <laughs> <laughs> <Movie>, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, like my, my thing, I think when you're, when you're a student and you're working alongside these brands, like they're, they're each big city has its own brand. If yeah. you're throwing your own parties, these brands know about you. Um, mm. As long as it's not a fucking really shit party that you're throwing. Like, <laughs> yeah. These people yeah. do know about you. You get invited to places. You get your first guest list, those sort of things. You, oh. f- you, f- you feel on top of the world when you're doing that. Um, and I, to be honest, I was quite naive when I came out of university. I thought it was going to be the same concept walking into this, this office for the first time. And it really wasn't. Um, I remember thinking I was actually in the wrong office at one point. Oh, um, shit. Well, I made the assumption that everyone was going to be 23 out of uni, like <laughs> yeah. sort of dancing on the tables, probably doing <laughs> gear. Um, <laughs> but actually it was quite a serious, like quite serious place walking in. Um, not that it, like serious in terms of like you weren't allowed to have fun, but it was, it, it was just like a, it was different a proper job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no fun for you, mate. No fun for you. No fun for you, mister. (laughs) That's why I'm not there anymore. Too much fun. (laughs) But then obviously, um, so from, was that, was that like a booking as in like, was that for artists and like signing like labels and stuff like that? Was that for booking for events and stuff? I don't understand. Yeah. So it it was a a booking agency. Um, So they handled sort of travel, logistics, contracting, Ah, um, gigs for various artists around the world. Okay, so yeah, yeah. as I started off as a booking assistant, um, basically sorting the contracts out, the flights, got a few of them wrong. That cost me a bit of money. Um, <laughs> How so? If you don't mind saying, what what did you what did uh, you get wrong? The classic mistake is sort of I, I used to look after Nick Curley. Um, oh, okay. And putting Nick Curley as the the passenger name on a trip to South America on a round uh, a tour is not the cheapest mistake to make when his actual real name is not Nick Curley. It's something else. Oh, no. <laughs> that, is, so, that is hard. Yeah. Oh, man. 
You live and learn, right? <laughs> Did that ever come out of your money or was that like, I don't know. Um, nah, Nick's pretty sound. Um, and Put it on my did, tab. <laughs> yeah, they, they let me, left me shaking, said it was coming out of my, my salary for a little while. And given I was interning, I don't know where that was going to come out of, but yeah. <laughs> nah, they were pretty sound about You're it. Shaking in your little promo boots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> your little promo boots. <laughs> oh, God. This is oh, a though. Th- this is a really odd segue just from the word boots. I'm going to try and oh, make this work. <laughs> so boots, moon boots. <laughs> I've got so what? little fact for you. Just just in terms because it's October. You crow Halloween. Halloween. I got um, an interesting fact about this month. Um, you know that this is one of the only months in a very long time that we're getting two full moons. Well, make that free, mate. Turn your camera on. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you laughed because that wasn't funny in my head. Oh, <laughs> mate. But yeah, that was quick. Little, little fact for you. Yeah. There's my research done for the week. See Thanks. you next week, baby. Cheers, Dan. <laughs> Groovy, baby. Groovy, baby. Um, yeah, I thought some form of, uh, I don't know, Halloween-esque um, convo. Also, actually, on the topic of moons, um, <laughs> something interesting that happened this week was that the uh, the clocks went back. They did. And, uh, um, extra hour in bed. Changing the seasons, isn't it? Extra hour in bed. Extra hour in bed. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys, actually, just out of curiosity, um, do you like this time of year? Oh, now that um, it now that the clocks are dark gone weather, back. raining, shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking love I it, mate. But <laughs> I don't know. I I, I weirdly like it because for me, I love sleeping with like ambient noises on in the background. Cause, I don't know. That might be weird. Why but... would you not be able to do that in summer? Because I like when it's winter, I can do it naturally with rain. So, do you put like ambient sets on in the background? No, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, like, oh. um, I put like rain noises, <laughs> or like, or like. That's how edgy Harry's got over isolation. Listen <laughs> <laughs> to drone music now. <laughs> I just listen to drone music in my sleep, and then wake up just fucking humming it. Like, what's Harry's tune? now like Harry's now in the bottom of the ocean, just recording whales. <laughs> <laughs> God, I've got that sample pack. <laughs> Deep Blue Sea, Volume 2. Ooh. Need whale sounds? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's not a whale, but... Um, Mate, you know, yeah. I actually don't mind this time of year. It's it's weird to say. I, I like it when it's... um, I like it when it's sunny. When it's a brisk day and it's sunny outside. Oh, yeah, when it's... Like it's kind of, of chilly. I, I don't know. I love wearing jackets. Well, I was thinking this earlier, right? So... The problem is when you, I don't know if it's the, if it's just a London thing, a London thing. <laughs> it's but, a London thing. Um, <laughs> the thing. But like I, I was getting on and off the tube earlier and like I thought I was looking pretty sick. I put my bomber jacket on and it's like, yeah, looking cool. Got my cool <laughs> jacket on. But then you get on the tube and then you have to hold your jacket because it fucking, you're sweating one out on there and it's like, <laughs> look a bit creepy standing there. So you take your jacket off, then you get upstairs and it's pissing it down. So then you, you're soaking wet under your jacket, you put it back on, then you get back on the tube and it's hot again. So it's just back and forth. So it's a bit of a pain in the ass, but I don't, like, that might just be me. I feel first like you've had that bit, problems, mate. You've first had that bit yeah, inside for a long time. Like, <laughs> no, I was actually out. fuming about it earlier. <laughs> you spat that out, mate. He's been waiting to vent this out for, <laughs> yeah, for weeks. It's needed me, a podcast man. for it, mate. <laughs> it's like um, me on my lunch break when I call Dan moaning about customers. <laughs> every day, mate. Every, every day. day I call him like, for fuck's sake, mate. What's the, what's the worst customer you've had? Oh God! Um, just, just up, just um. By the way, let let people know where you work, Harry. Just so they get a bit of. A... I don't know if I want to say now, like all the time. You so work I'm... in retail, basically. Yeah, sorry, I work in a in a very popular retail fashion shop for yeah 
you know, begins with R, um, a second word begins with I, and it rhymes with Kiva Kalikund. I just don't want, for privacy reasons, I don't want to tell I'm not fucking oh, famous, come on, but you mate. know what I mean. I'm like at River you. Island. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't want my, you know, if someone hears if I ever say anything bad about it, which I won't. <laughs> We're just trying to rack up the minutes. <laughs> but, um, the worst customer I've ever had. Yeah, I can disclose this, can't I? Yeah, um, yeah. Who's just uh, don't name them. The other day, actually, <laughs> just name them, Karen, I, mate. The, no, the other day, I actually had a customer. Literally, it was literally recently, but it was actually quite entertaining. I quite enjoyed the conflict at the moment with the customers. Um, so this was um, basically she started saying to my colleague. Apparently, she, she tried returning something. A friend bought her for a gift, but she had no receipt, which is dumb. Uh oh. Um, and she was like, "We're the manager." And my, my colleague, like Ben, my um, work friend, I shouldn't be saying names, but um, was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll get your manager." And I walk over there, little old me. <laughs> I'm like, "Hi, yeah." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah," and just trying to explain the situation. To me. I'm like, "Yeah, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Um, you don't have the receipt. Uh, if you, she didn't get you a gift receipt, blah 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 blah." Um, and then she's like, "It's ridiculous. I've done it before." And I was like, "You, sh- you haven't." Um, we're not allowed to do that. Um, and then she was like, I was like, Do you want the um customer service number? And she's like, Yes, like straight away. <laughs> Didn't even like, okay. let you finish. <laughs> so I walked around the cash desk, uh, took the customer service number, gave it to her. I was like, they'll they'll tell you the same thing I told you. Um, so you're better off just selling one face at marketplace. I didn't say that. Saving your um, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but then eventually she was just so rude, like really like, arrogant. As, um, and I was just like, "This is like you're horrible." I didn't say that, but I was, it, was, it made me my blood boil. So I'm just there, like, "Yeah." Um, and then basically, she got her friend to send her the re- the receipt. Obviously, and then I was like, "You know what? I'll put it through because um, you've got the receipt details and stuff, and we'll do it for you." Like at the goodness of my heart, and I'll do it as an exchange. I was being nice. I think it's coming nice. up to Christmas. You've got to be nice. Exactly. All right. And then literally, she goes to get her stuff. The first one, I'm like, do you want me to leave your shoes here so you can go find someone else to exchange? She's like, yeah, obviously. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I'm this close to fucking screaming at you. And then she comes back to get served by my colleague, right? And uh, she puts it on and he, um, he puts the transaction through. She goes, oh, that was easy, wasn't it? And I was like, oh. cheeky. F- <laughs> I was like, you cheeky bitch. Oh. <laughs> I gave her Larry's when she went out. I was just like, don't ever come back in this fucking store again. She Honestly. probably comes back every day just to sort of like Honestly. parade it in your face. Yeah, just like, I want to take this back now. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, like, she did have a mask on, so I appreciate that. But um, apart from that, mate, oh my God, she was just vile. And it was, I just don't understand, like, oh, I can go on all day about retail problems, but I'm not going to. Yeah, this is for, um, this is, <laughs> this is like this a whole retail podcast completely. <laughs> God, yeah, we should do a whole podcast on retail. <laughs> Fuck me, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Stupid questions to get asked. How much is this? fucking price tag mush <laughs> <laughs> or like oh it's cheaper next door well fuck off next door then mate <laughs> yeah. why are you still standing here telling me about it mate yeah it is oh a classic God. isn't it what do they expect you to do to get out that mate, those yellow tags like, they have an M&S and price <laughs> it mate, down literally they'll be like oh this is a bit expensive can you do anything on the price I'm like do I look like I fucking make enough money to make the fucking prices around here <laughs> Honestly. It's like those car companies that go, we'll match any price. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> You're just standing there going, yeah, we'll match it. We'll match it. Give us your best. Honestly, <laughs> mate, it grinds my gears. And I'm just looking at them like... Mate, we've out. fully opened like a can of worms here. <laughs> I'm yeah, actually sat too. on a therapy couch here as well. So <laughs> yeah. like, if it was me talking, I'd feel like I was in therapy, but I feel like it's your problem. Yeah. And how does that make you feel, Harry? <laughs> God, don't. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Man. What about you, Tom? Do you have any uh, 
kind of well have you had any frustrating uh Customer situations, experience. customers or clients, um, even because you work with um, well, marketing. And I, I stuff. don't know if it was my bad customer experience or it was a bad experience for the customer I was serving, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I used to we used to run a bar in well, I say run, we were the management of a bar in Manchester okay. um, when we were students, and like the guys that we we did it for were, were great guys. Um, n- Probably not the smartest to leave us lot in charge of it, but um, but they did. Um, but anyway, on. the one favor they asked a, a year was that we'd come back and work after Parklife, and obviously <laughs> go to Parklife. Um, yeah, get on the disco dust and whatnot. Come back, <laughs> come back to the bar, and uh, I'm like, I'm well. To be honest, I think I'm managing the bar sick. I've got a massive queue. I'm I'm doing a sort of like you know those guys on the runway landing a plane like I'm bringing people to the bar I'm like who's next who wants what <laughs> flying you're around you're stroking unicorns. and then uh, this guy's like mate I'm like mate look I'm pouring your beer two seconds he's like no no mate he's like you need to put a glass in your hand I stand in <gasps> there with my <laughs> with the tap running thinking I had a glass in my hand it was just, pour- <laughs> just pouring onto the floor oh my god. <laughs> So I had to put myself on a timeout after that one and oh, I swiftly oh. pass management on to the next, uh, my second inch command. Pass oh the bass on. Yeah. Oh, you're, just like, you're just like April throws. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know if it's my customer experience moment or a bad experience for him, but I'd probably say that was up there watching his pint splash on the floor, having been at Parklife for 12 hours and been thirsty as fuck. Oh man. Mate, to be fair, he was... um. He probably found that quite funny. He probably brightened up his day. Like, that, <laughs> would, that would kill me. Found it funny. That would kill me. I was convinced, convinced that I had a glass in my hand. Like I'm sure. I'd, I think someone was probably a trick on me. To be honest with you, <laughs> you were tripping balls, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to um, steer us back to timeline a little bit. Please do. Please <laughs> um, as we went on a bit of a tangent there, and Dan kind of, you know, unlocked my inner potential of raging about fucking customers. You're welcome. Um, but obviously, <laughs> after your job over at the booking agency, you, well, I don't know if it's after or at the same time, but um, marketing manager at Ibiza Voice was your occupancy. Um, <laughs> what, uh, how was that? What, like, how did you get into that? Uh, what did that entail? Tell us a bit about it, mate. Um, so yeah, so it's at the same, to be honest, it's at the same time as Air London. So basically what happened was started off as an intern, um, with the promise of a job at the end of it. We sort of got to the end of that period and it was like, we want to keep you. Um, we're not sure if we've got the money basically. Mm. Um, but we, we sort of reached an agreement and I stayed on for a bit longer. And then we, we got to the end of that point and they were like, right, yeah, we've, we've, we've sorted some stuff out. One of the projects we've got is we've bought um, IB for Voice as well. So oh, okay. me and um, the owner of the company, David, um, we were doing a lot of the IB for Voice stuff between the two of us. Um, neither of us had much experience in it, but we sort of knew what we liked um, from other magazines and sort of digital platforms and knew yeah. what we didn't like. So we just thought, yeah, we'll give, we'll give it a go. Um Good. For me, to be honest, it was a, a great opportunity um, and sort of one of the opportunities that sort of allowed me to do what I've done now. 
because yeah. I've gone from intern to sort of having this role, sort of head of marketing and whatnot. And basically also doing a lot of the editorial stuff. So the conversations and the people I was talking to, because IB for Voice was a well-respected um, sort of digital magazine at the time as well. Yeah. And not not anymore since I've run it, but um, <laughs> but no, it, it was it was good. Poor, it had big, poor guy. Yeah. I don't know whether to laugh there or not. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually defunct now, but oh, okay. not since I left. <laughs> yeah, if you want since Tom's I... email, just let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. I think you're my one. Of, you're my only follower on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, I added you yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good connection. Good on you, Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're actually called connections, not followers. Sorry, yeah, I don't use it that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, <laughs> I was chatting to um, a lot of people dealing with a lot of big artists because um, we were getting those sort of caliber of artists. So it opened a lot of doors for me, and I guess fast tracked me as well um, in terms of the conversations that normally have taken me a bit of time to work into yeah, and get yeah. into and so it fast tracked that process which has only gone on to help me sort of now but yeah it yeah it's it pretty important for, if, if I look back at it in terms of my development um and the, the connections it's given me yeah so it's kind of um it's kind of as if you kind of just went into the deep end a little bit with that sort of thing and just you know started out and went you know what I'm going to just go into it straight away and I think that's probably the best way to go to be honest because then you just definitely I'm like I'm I definitely I've during that whole process I was definitely learning stuff I definitely went in with it an attitude that I thought I was the fucking dog's bollocks as well <laughs> to be honest with you I like I, w- I was probably a bit cocky um and things like that flight cock up um things like getting thrown in there dealing with some of these people even just the way I write emails to people um has changed yeah. a lot now yeah I don't ask so many questions in it there's more of me telling people if if I need something done it's more it's, it's not open-ended it's this you need and I think these things you learn like this is it that's dealing with people that I've right at the top of the game mm. and they were just having my pants down if I like if they wanted to <laughs> yeah I've got um, I've got a question for you um it's kind of an open question to you as well Harry but um, you obviously mentioned about speaking to a lot of people in the industry. Um, would you say, well, there's obviously a right and wrong way about speaking to people, but what is the right way to speak to people in this industry on on your kind of own knowledge and experience from what you've had so far? Um, so I, funny enough, I was, I was actually talking, I did an interview with Arch Hamilton yesterday and we were actually talking about this yes, in that interview. Oh, sweet. And at Spencer Parker, when I did his as well, he we talked about it here. And one of the, I guess, one of the big things, and like I get this a lot as what even now as myself, is people, you should never just jump in and ask someone for something. I, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's easiest, like people say this, but people actually don't realise they do it themselves. Like the only people you can really do that to is your, your close friends or yeah. people you're very connected, like, have a good strong relationship with mm-hmm. um but like i, I think like the, the problem with this industry is a lot of people 
sort of want to only want to deal with people that are above them because yeah. it, it's very hierarchical. Yeah, There's a lot of social climbing. They, they can gain from it. They only exactly, wanna, yeah. Like, if they see a bigger artist, they'll, if you're just meshing in a big artist saying, could you please share my tune? Like, or I don't know, listen to this, listen to that. If you're just, just saying that and not kind of opening it for general discussion or even say adding anything interesting to it, you're, you're, it's almost <laughs> obvious that you're just kind of... <laughs> doing it because you know you get clout from it <laughs> no, you, I think uh, you, clout's you, a big thing man 100% is a big thing I've a, pr- a prime example when I, I used to try, uh, tour with Curly quite a lot because um, yeah. we, we ran a party called Trust um, I sort of did the event management for that whilst I was working with him and we did that all over the world we went to South America with it went to we did it regularly in Barcelona so oh, always sick. on the road um, and, but when I was with him Everyone thought, like, people made the assumption that I was, like, his younger brother or, like, a friend that sort of been tagged along. Yeah. In- including promoters that I'd been emailing and Jeez. various people. And he would always get to the same point in the night where Curly's DJing. They can't, they're not licking his ass basically, anymore because he's, he's on the decks. And everyone's going, well, how do I get a backstage wristband for my girlfriend or this girl that I'm trying to chat up or who's got the drinks tokens? And there's little old me sat in the corner um, on my my ones with with like five drinks around me because I've got all the drinks tokens, about eight wristbands on my wrist. Then you want a bit of this, do you? Open up your coat and you've got 25 VIP bands. Yeah, but no, but honestly, and you'd see these people, they'd, they'd go tap Curly on the shoulder and they'd go, hey, Nico. Um, can I get can I get my so and so in? He goes, I'm DJing, mate. Go talk to Tom. And they go, Tom, who? In in the corner, the guy with all the wristbands on. <laughs> and uh, but, but you suddenly these people were like, Ah, oh, bro, can I get you a drink? I need to get my girlfriend. In. Oh, can I have an extra? Can I? And I'm just thinking, like, you're fucking shite, you aren't you, mate? <laughs> you, you like, but, but still gave them a wristband because I needed a friend. So yeah, mate. I I think there's a lot of um. Well, obviously, when the clubs are open, you you can just watch the live streams a lot to kind of notice it. But it's everyone's dream as a as an Instagrammer to be able to be behind the decks with like all of the DJs in it. It's like yeah. it makes people feel very important. I think and, it's uh, the biggest, the stupidest thing in the world, though. Honestly, is, yeah, 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 yeah. I, like I, I hate. hate it. I fucking I'd hate rather it. be in front of the sound system, and I'll, I'll use the pun. I'd rather be the front left, baby. <laughs> yeah. Meet you front left, mate. Azul, I know. Yeah, it is annoying, isn't it? Like, just why do you want to? It, it's like you're trying to leech off their fame. <laughs> well, it, it is, mate. It, it's honestly so. The, I think it, it, it was first started with, I, I, I like these brands as well, but I, I feel it's a thing that like Afterlife, um, Dynamic, these sort of brands, mm. they started selling tickets and it because for, for the backstage entry, um, yeah. which I understand some of these, some of these venues and some of the shows that these guys put on, you need to find money from wherever you can find yeah, it. Yeah, from a business yeah, yeah. standpoint, it's not exactly a bad idea. Cause yeah, it, um, um, what's, pe- I don't know what the prices are compared to a normal ticket, but I'm assuming. More. Well, <laughs> this, this is it. Like the, the revenue, like people, the revenue margins in some of these events aren't as big as people think. Um, and you, you do need to be squeezing some of these things yeah. every, everywhere you can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so from that point of view, I get it. But, the the issue is it's now become a thing that how many people can have behind the decks like 
DJs actually don't want to have themselves behind the decks. <laughs> yeah. So they shit, I'm not popular. Do you know what I mean? Where, where are all the birds? Um, <laughs> but like, it's, for, for me, it, it ruins it. Like I've had so many conversations where I'm standing there not really got much to say because it's like either sh- vibrating too fast or um, <laughs> on a on a downer. But <laughs> someone goes, shakes your hand and goes, what do you do? And go, yeah, no, I can't really speak to you right now. And <laughs> so I had to end up pottering off in, back into the crowd where no one can see me. <laughs> Cheeky little hiding spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just peeking over the decks going, is he still there? <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Nick. Help me. I need a wristband. <laughs> I can need a wristband. Mate, we, man, we mentioned clout, but arguably might be a controversial opinion. Um, kind of everything that people actually do put online, surely the fact that they're putting it online at these events is for clout in some form. Uh, okay, first of all, if anyone doesn't know what that kind of the new slang clout is or whatever it is, <laughs> it's I, I'm assuming it's I don't even know what it means myself. I just kind of say it sometimes. Is that You're how, doing how it. big are your bollocks? I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Is it like yeah? How cool you think you are? Yeah, it's yeah. ego basically, isn't it? And yeah. um, showing yourself off to other people. Yeah, like having Tom on a podcast gives me in front left major clout. <laughs> yeah. Mate, you you've, you've booked the wrong person if you think that's the case. I've, I've just made up a load of stories just to sound good. I've booked, out. Mate, I've only booked you for this just so I can get a backstage pass. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my wristband, Tom? I'm waiting. Um, you wouldn't be the first, and I doubt you'll be the last. <laughs> do you guys agree with that statement, though, or not? What um, do you think? Yeah. yeah. In short, yeah. I mean, like, as we've spoke about this in a previous podcast, kind of, we touched upon the fact that. Like I think it was with Mike from Sign Focus. Like mm. you could, it's filming in the crowd. Like you can, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's your event or something, or your mate DJ, and like, like it, it just depends on what the your intentions. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And yeah, at the end of the I, day, I just, you're only going to make yourself feel depressed if you're the one trying to get all this fucking likes and that online. Eventually, it's going to catch up with you. You're going to realize, fuck, these likes mean nothing. Well, this hit, is hit it. I pack. think. I think <laughs> sorry, this. Yeah. Is, <laughs> sorry, I'll keep cut, keep cutting in as well. Very oh, no, rude. Nah, mate. Mate. Go for it. It's your uh, podcast. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird being on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. itching to speak, and he's like, "I know." I've got those to talk about. They're not me, mate. Let me speak. Let me. Oh, fucking hell, you go on, don't you? Fucking... <laughs> go on. No, go for Actually, it. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, nah. um, uh, no, nah, but I, I think you're right. It's ev- everything is a social is social media driven. Yeah. Um, which obviously has its benefits, but you 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 can make people believe anything with with social media, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's really detrimental for for a lot of reasons. Um, one one of them being, and it's something I've touched on quite a lot with various people, but it always always seems to come back to the same the same thing when I'm doing my interviews, and it's that it all it's almost created this roadmap for success that I think young artists try and replicate. Yeah. And it's it's not necessarily true. Yeah. Um, for example, you see on Instagram that you get your first pair of decks, then two weeks later, you're a producer and you're producing yeah. and you should be signed to this label. And when you get signed to that label, you're going to get signed to play at this party. And then from yeah. there, you're going to be playing at DC 10 and then, <laughs> yeah. or like, do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. if uh, the thing talking to a lot of these DJs, and like, especially the older ones, none of them... A lot of them did it as hobbies and it just turned into into careers. That's how it but they be, never 
along that on along that road, it it changed for them. But what they all say is they didn't have a clue what they were doing or how they were doing it. It was just, it was just natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. a lot of them didn't make music for the first six seven years. Or if they did, they didn't. It didn't send it to anyone. Didn't mm. get it signed. And it, it of course it doesn't mean you can't you can't do it the other way. But I think the 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 takeout from it is you don't have to have everything all at once. Hundred percent agree. Um, the Yes, every now and then you'll see an artist that you go, "Fuck, how he's just come out of nowhere and he, he's he's massive." <laughs> yeah, but you but you know what, the the artists that are still there, and these artists at the top table, how old are they all? They're all above forty. I bet all the all the big artists that you you guys probably look up to. Oh yeah, yeah. the majority of them forty plus. Yeah. Right, they've been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years, mm. and there's a reason why they're at the top because. They're fucking good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that grinds me is that some people just expect to be huge in like go. two. <laughs> retail, 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 retail. No, no, no. But like people expect when they join it, join it, join, join the scene. That's a, that's a, yeah, I can say that. Um, that they, they just want to get hit. Like fame is a motivator for some people and it's like that shouldn't be it at all. Yeah. Like you shouldn't want to be, I mean, if you want to be famous, fair play, but like that, if you're going to the music industry and your goal is to just be famous in there, that's not a great motivator. And people think like after two years, they can be famous or whatever, but it takes you fucking years to get a music collection big enough and good enough to actually like be a good DJ. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I think, I'm, st- I'm still trying. Years, yeah. If you've been DJing for two years, or a year or whatever and like you think you're ready to be absolute big time and you're probably not yeah something to add as well um i think i was having a conversation with someone about this the other day actually and um he made an interesting point of the people who do make it really quickly and do rise to the top of the ranks really fast although they've got there quicker than you it probably means they have less shit to fall back on if their career died 100% 100% which means like like one it wonders and stuff yeah 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 exactly so um obviously I'm not I'm not going out to slate anyone who's actually succeeded in that process but I do think that you need to join along the journey along the way you can't just expect to get to the top really fast and if you did and it didn't work out then you're probably right back to the bottom again Whereas if you kind of climb your way up and do the whole snowball effect like you were talking about, Tom, it just usually ends up working better and you've got more avenues that you can kind of reach out to anyway in the music scene. I think that absolutely nails it, to be honest with you, because if you think about it like this, you these artists, right, that release on, they release across all the best labels, um, they play at the best parties. If you think about the parties that you two get booked on right you get booked probably through your mates yeah, yeah people that you've yeah, met yeah. you've partied with so it, it's only the same for these guys as well right they've they've actually been booked from meeting someone at ade through this yeah of course they get bookings as they get bigger but they they tend to play the same parties over and over <laughs> and you you don't you don't go to one party and meet everyone in the industry <laughs> yeah. like you don't meet all the label bosses at one party you don't meet all the promoters crack on with them all these things take time right 100%. and you you have to go through these processes because you're also going to go to some parties and not get on with someone there um and 
you're not going to get a gig out of another. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. you have you have to go through these processes. You have to meet people. You have to network. You have to talk. All of all of that is what builds a career. Um, and you're right. If if you want, if you're this sort of one hit wonder concept, you once that once that sort of run out, you actually go back to where wherever you were. And if that was a place where you hadn't actually established any contacts in the industry, <laughs> yeah. you go back to that point. So I think that analogy yeah. is completely, completely accurate. Yeah. Yeah. But you, there are examples of people taking advantage of that and like getting a one hit wonder, but then... That's the industry not, though, man. But they're not a one hit be. wonder. They get one tune which is big, but then they carry on doing really well. The thing it's is just a bit trends, of a mainstream, mainstream example, but like Lewis Capaldi, for example, like did like massive tune, was it someone you loved, whatever it was, number one for ages. And then he's just carried on making tunes and like everyone loves him. And his career's really taken off. But, he's a G whereas, though, man. He's, he's but I, I would also guy. argue, I'd actually argue that he, yeah, is, is one tune. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I, th- I think that's right. But I also think if you look at what Lewis was doing, there's a, he, was, he was very prolific on social media before. Yeah. It just meant that, and he had, he had a solid fan base. It was, he, he, his fan base was very engaged before it got big. But okay. By getting on that platform and getting that song being as big as it was, his content and what people buy into laugh at, what is yeah. funny for thousands, like an audience twice the size of what he had. Yeah. So once once people were hooked on that, um, they they stay hooked. Yeah. And like I, I was actually as as a, I'm applying for arts council funding at the moment. Oh and, um, yeah. As part of that, um, they they go through various criteria, and one of them is good engagement. Like how is how is whatever you're you're asking for money for engaging, and it, yeah, it's interesting. It's, you you can have you can have something that's viewed a million times, right? Let's say let's say this podcast, get those stats up. Um, but yeah, let's say you have a, a million viewers, right? It's it's only a good engagement if those million views are watching for or listening for let's say 30 minutes of the yeah the yeah, yeah not if they click on and click off in 0.8 seconds do you know what i mean 100 yeah. percent. if if they click off in 0.8 seconds you probably shouldn't have got me on because <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like if you had a, a night and you're like yeah 600 people came last night all at the same time and left after one minute <laughs> yeah the they all got their free drink on a two for one deal and then <laughs> fucked off went yeah. next door <laughs> yeah. For Lewis Capaldi, it's um, it's funny you um, we go into this because I've got a, a nice little segue on this topic actually, um, and it is about the kind of power of social media on the current climate of music. Uh, now, obviously, during COVID and stuff, that's all people have really had to um, kind of make a name for themselves, anyway. But quite an interesting case of it recently. I'm sure you guys have seen it. If you haven't, where the hell have you been? Um, but you know that um, TikTok that went viral of that guy skateboarding. Oh yeah, Fleetwood Mac in the, the Fleetwood Mac one. So I actually looked into this a bit because obviously TikTok is one of the probably one of the most crucial ways that I like musicians, especially individ like independent artists, actually break through. And what? Yeah, mate, TikTok music. If you get a song on like a trend on TikTok. And it blows up. Yeah, you are so. laughing, mate. You're laughing. You, you're laughing I think maybe ways. not for electronic music yet. No, but I, no, I think that it's 
there's a lot of companies and I, I've been asked to look into it myself with, through our marketing stuff. Oh, okay. Um, it's, I think the audience is a bit young for electronic music. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But I think that more poppy, poppy stuff, you're right. If you, if you get into, into one of those videos, it, it, can, it can make you. Yeah. But then yeah, arguably, Fleetwood Mac I mean. is not really <laughs> poppy or modern yet. This, uh, this video from... The How Cool Is The Guy? Oh, yeah. Mate. But the, the tune as well, though, I think it resonates with fucking uh, quite a few yeah. generations. Oh, of mate, people, it's an absolute weapon. But something, um, something I thought of as well is like there'll be the whole generation of TikTok listeners probably haven't heard that song before. Yeah, but another thing as well is that's been cross-platformed quite a bit. So like, I discovered that on Facebook. Um, oh, and interesting. Like, I didn't see it on TikTok. I would never have seen it if I just had TikTok. 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 <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I discovered it on Facebook because everyone was sharing it. Obviously, you get all these fucking reposts, Facebook things leeching off the views, like getting the money, just saying at the bottom who it is and monetizing it and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I found it on Facebook. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of the older generation will find it on Facebook and not through TikTok. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. imagine if no one ever, sh- if no one shared it to Facebook, for some, say, for some phenomenon where you couldn't share it to Facebook, right? Phenomenon. I don't think the views would be as they are now. <laughs> Mate, I actually have a cool fact about that video um, before we keep moving on. Um, so since that video went viral, um, let me just read this out. So You're going to tell me how many views Fleetwood Mac's gone up? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it's my research, baby. Got research for this podcast. Ruby, baby. <laughs> Ruby, baby. Ruby, baby. Um, Sorry, <laughs> so in the past two weeks, by the way, this article came out on October 14th. So it was relevant on this. So in the past two weeks, um, the song has been streamed 36 million times. I thought you were going to say 36 times. It's just 36. (laughs) How how much is booming? How how many streams has it got altogether? Well, obviously a shed load more. Oh, I think it says it. Hang on. It said, they estimate uh, that across all social media, streaming apps and the radio, that the song has been heard more than 230 million times. So that's about 10p for the artist. <laughs> <laughs> and then you say 36 million in the last... Someone yeah, say 10p for the artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, stacking baby. <laughs> Another interesting thing that they mentioned in this article. So because people are trying to replicate the video for trends, that cranberry juice, Ocean Spray, has actually sold out in America right now. Well, that's a bit of a vague statement. I don't really... You say, you say that, right? So people oh, God, are off going to tell me that literally you can't buy it anywhere. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm not an ocean spray kind of guy. I like, oh, I like, like more, I'm more squash. I'm juicy squash. Juicy squash. Um, but it, <laughs> so you talk God. about like people associating with brands. Yeah. Um, my dad's mate is Mark Warburton who was Rangers oh, manager, oh, Rangers oh, manager for a while. So I and you, when he Warburton. went to Rangers, the, you couldn't buy um, Warburton's bread in the city for the first three weeks whilst they were winning. What? Because um, the Rangers fans were coming to the ground and swinging loaves of Warburton's bread around. <laughs> <laughs> That's jokes. That is so good. <laughs> but apparently sales plummeted when they started losing. So oh, you see brand loyalty where it lies. Mate, people want those sparks stuff. though. I bet I bet Ocean Spray are laughing at the moment, and I bet Fleetwood Mac are probably laughing as well. Yeah. Well, Spotify are definitely laughing for the streams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we without question. 
obviously we spoke a lot about uh, networking and stuff um, and you seem like a guy who does a lot of that and you have done a lot of that in your uh, career in the music industry Grease in the pub um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just wondering right obviously because over the last six or I never get the months right six or eight months that we've been in this shambolic era um, is there any tips that you've got Bloody for hell. well it's been awful hasn't it let's be honest shambolic Cool work, yeah, um, Any tips for networking um, at the moment? Obviously, because it's become harder with events not being as not being normal, <laughs> yeah. and obviously social media being uh, the prime kind of thing. The prime that you have to use. Yeah, to network. Well, I, I can't say illegal parties because that's that's not good COVID etiquette, um, and <laughs> I haven't been going to any. If anyone's asking, <laughs> if the police are listening. Um, <laughs> but, but no I, on a serious note don't don't covid party unless you yeah. well, i don't even know um but in terms of networking six of you that's fine yeah. <laughs> um in terms of networking um i don't know going on the zoom calls fucking shit so i'd definitely mm. not recommend that um unless it's your nan and you haven't seen her in a little while um oh, that's so lovely. But, <laughs> But I, I, to be honest, it, it's a tough one. Um, there's not a lot. I, I'd actually say groups like the Inner Circle are probably your, yeah. your best bet at the minute. 100%. I was going to mention that. Like, say, do you think groups are probably your best bet? of? Um, I, I think so. But I think that Inner Circle group is very rare. Um, yeah. I run a couple of different groups um, for different promotional reasons. Sorry, just burped down the microphone. Oi, oi. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if you call that. <laughs> um, too many Stella Artois, baby. <laughs> baby. Um, Got to blow but yeah, the, the, <laughs> that group is, for, for you, for young producers, um, I've, 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 I've tell people about it all the time, um, particularly different, like, um, I was talking to the booker at Fabric about it um, and saying, for me, it's a group of the next generation of UK artists. I think there's 100%. some Europeans in there, but I, I do strongly believe that the the people in that group are already put, plotting the plotting the next sort of whether they know it or not plotting the next sort of wave of artists that are going to come through. Yeah. There's a lot of talented kids in there. Um, it's interesting to say that maybe like in ten or so years, there's going to be like a whole new generation of people in that group, and we'll just be the. Uh, the kind of elders in the back. The old farts. <laughs> the old farts, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't know like. if they like maybe <laughs> maybe that group won't exist by that point. But I I do i strongly believe that the, the people in that group, the, the ones that are very prevalent in it as well, yeah. Are build for, well to, to take it back to what talk what we're talking about before as well, right? I think successful people, when you're that one hit wonder concept successful people come up with crews you have people to support you because when when you're not particularly doing well someone else in your crew is doing well and you you all pull each other up yeah. uh, i think it's okay. really important that people have crews around them um you 100%. shouldn't be trying to do these things on your own you need and that inner circle is a crew but it's not just a crew in one place it's a it's a crew dotted around the uk and, and I just europe think, as well it's a what, sorry? And Europe as well. I yeah, definitely. And, and this is my point. I think it's the the network in it is is so strong in itself. Mm. As as these people blossom and come out of it and do their own individual stuff, they're only going to bring 
the other people with them. Hundred percent. And then yeah. when when other when they might slow down because everything comes in waves. When yeah. they might slow down, one of these other people then is gonna gonna pull these things through. Yeah, and yeah. it's the support network that you need to succeed. Um, and I, like, I'd highly recommend any any young producer, DJ, label manager, whatever it is, to actually check it out um, and get involved in it. Yeah, I mean, we we do bring up in a circle quite a lot. Um, I'm, I want to say almost as much as we bring up Bandcamp, um, but I won't question that because um, yeah. we Bandcamp. If you are listening, on a serious note, are you going to like? <laughs> you know, maybe sponsor us or something. I don't know how you can do it. We can sponsor you. Yeah, come on, uh, we're waiting. We're Bandcamp waiting. Friday, next Friday, innit? Yeah. Can you what are your picks? Have you got any records that you recommend for Bandcamp? I'm doing the interview now. Oh, uh, no, we'll, we'll actually, I've got, I've got we do that section, we do that section after the thing, but uh, we could just do it now, fuck it. Yeah, why not? I Sorry, no, no. I'm I've, got, I've got a recommendation, actually. Cool. Um, and it's my EP, baby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've announced it yet on the podcast. Exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> See, I have been watching them. <laughs> it's not me saying it for a change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. I've got a um I've got an EP coming out on the 20th of November. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> on Rhythm Department Records. And yeah. Oh, I saw this announcement yesterday with the turkeys. Yeah, mate. I I'm uh I'm really trying to do some bizarre promo over the next few weeks for it. Um, but yeah, I man, like it. Got, got an EP coming out. Harry is on one of the tracks with me. Yeah, I'm singing um, opera. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm laying down some fat beats with Dan. And what, what <laughs> yeah. sort of sounds is it? Um, it's pretty much quite 90s house inspired um, and a bit of kind of melodic stuff. Um, nice. I'm not going to say this announcement yet because I don't want to jinx it, but I might have a quite an interesting premiere in the works for it um and, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah I'd, you won't be able to actually buy it on Bandcamp Friday but you can pre-order it on Bandcamp Friday Ooh. nice if you release. pre-order it on Bandcamp Friday do you get the disc do you how does that work do you still get all the money or not god because I'm, I'm not too but sure look mate mate we answer the questions here mate <laughs> 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 sorry 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 I'll get in <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> bloody hell <laughs> and Harry oh. you've got you've actually got music coming out on Bandcamp Friday oh you, you have to cut that out because I haven't announced it I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> so, exclusive yeah, I've, got, I've got an EP coming out on Elright I'm joking <laughs> 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 fucking hell buzz off like Bandcamp um, Records <laughs> no sorry I'm self-releasing an EP on, on my Bandcamp it's my first ever Bandcamp release I want to get yeah <laughs> I want to get something out on my bank account. Money so in your pocket, know. boy. Come on. So yeah, the masters are getting done very shortly by yours truly, Daniel Parsons. Hello. Um, and yeah, it'll be on Bandcamp Bandcamp Friday, and it'll be like Bandcamp Bandcamp. It'll be like one fifty for the EP pound each for the track. So what yeah, a bargain. support what a bargain. your boy. Um, yeah, give him some support, ladies. It's very um, you know, spacey sort of sh- like bloopy edgy edgy underwater vibes yeah, imagine priory sort of Canadian Canadian tech house stuff actually is what I could say it's Canadian like tech house I've never come across that genre. so like the, Canadian, the guys from Canada that wrote like NAF uh, we're calling it it's called NAF um, it's like priory and like he does like dusty one and stuff like that um, they're too edgy for me Harry man, honestly. <laughs> I know I told um, you before the only song I know is Bob Sinclair Love Generation oh. <laughs> 
That is an absolute. That is. Oh God, my voice has gone weird. What's going on? Whoa, what is <laughs> That's your not the voice? microphone, not either. But yeah, uh, it drops. It's. I um, What's it? What's the EP called? I've got a name for it. Well, I'm sick. It's your EP, <laughs> Harry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call it. It's called the Aquaforms EP. Oh, edgy. Uh, yeah, two. <laughs> Ooh. No, I'm joking. It's called uh, Loving Me, Loving You. Um, uh-huh. Romantic. When we having a uh-huh. chat saying like, if you just wanted to make it as edgy as possible. You just call it like letters and numbers. So you just yeah. it's, it's like, like XY99 minus five. Problem. That's what um <laughs> that space guy's kids called, isn't it? Uh, what Elon Musk? That's it. That's space guy. <laughs> space guy. What Harry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, it, it consists of aquaforms and biosphere. They're my two tunes on it. Nice. I've, I've heard them. You guys are in for a treat. Uh, so yeah, do you two tunes? Who does? Did you say Dan does the mastering? So um if to be fair, whenever I self-release something, which is very rarely, but whenever I release something, <laughs> I've got it. I use Dan to master it. Um I'll try my because, best. Because um his mate and I'll give support support his uh music journey. By local. Yeah, exactly. By local, yeah. <laughs> and he does a great organic. job. He does a great job. If you guys want masters for a good good reasonable price and you want to help um a young lad progress in his mastering <laughs> career. Then uh, hit him up. It's Dan Parsons. Yeah, come on, get me some new speakers, guys. I need them. Yeah, website out next week. Oh, we've also got. Actually, I want sorry. to get rid of my skull candy headphones. Sorry, I've also now. got. Uh... They were sick then. I used to have skull candy. Oh, oh who God. didn't, mate? With the Sony Ericsson's. Come on, I've, guys. I've yeah. also got a track coming out in January. Oh. Misplaced recordings. Exclusive. Which has been it, which has been it for ages. Honestly. <laughs> It's on the next VA. Keep your eyes peeled. Cool. Harry, oh, mate, you're pumping them out, boy. Yeah, <laughs> pumpy, on. rumpy, pumpy. Rumpy, um, rumpy. <laughs> but apart from rumpy, rumpy, plugs, EP. that phrase isn't used more. It should be rumpy, rumpy. <laughs> yeah. Apart from plugging our own selves, is there anything on Bandcamp you think you sh- is worth checking out? Um, no. Well, I think <laughs> <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> um, definitely not. <laughs> well, we're we're, we're actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a, a Bandcamp Friday sale on Second State. If anyone's into their techno stuff, Ooh. okay. Um, What's uh, Second State? Is that something you run as well? Uh, it's Pan Pot's label. Um, so, yeah, bit of, bit of techno for anyone. How many, how many pies have you got your fingers in? <laughs> you you are a busy man, aren't you? More pies than fingers, to be honest with you. So I, don't, I think I got my face in one of them. You could Jesus say uh, you could say Tom is a leak pie. <laughs> oh wow! Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's the sound effect I need to get next man is the... <laughs> oh god um, I'm trying to think of some stuff I'm finding bank at the moment rumpy um, pumpy EP well, <laughs> I'll, I'll plug Adam for him um, oh yeah I know Paradiso have got some stuff out something came out today um, I can't tell you what it is because not because it's secret I just don't know <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I know something came out today um, but yeah, Paradiso will have some stuff on Friday. Oh yeah. Um, I know Midnight People will probably have something. Mm-hmm. Um, Zone yeah. Focus as well. Basically, all the Inner Circle people probably. probably <laughs> Basically, everyone them. we've got on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go through the podcast and then check for their music. You'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, mm, definitely. But yeah, I um, love Bandcamp Friday, man. It's such a happy day, isn't it? Yeah, my cart's ready to check out here at twenty eight quid. I'm ready to fucking go. Check out, baby. I'm ready. I'm ready, to, ready. I, I keep it all month, waiting for Bank Camp Friday, and then I uh, then you then splash spend, it all. Spend the moolah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of cool little tracks here. Um, Flying out fifty p coins left, right, oh, hundred percent. I definitely go check out the <laughs> dance new p when it drops though. Thanks, man. 
And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. Okay. This is, of course, um, well past. Do you remember the days, Harry, when we used to say that this is the new segment? Not anymore. This is the well-renowned Yeah, this is the classic the segment. This is the w- cemented in the history books. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. This is oh, the part is. of the show we call <laughs> Stray in My Basket. And uh, this part of the show, for those who don't know, um, we all choose a song that we're digging at the moment, that we're listening to. Um, as we say each week, can be any genre, can be anything whatsoever, just got to be music, and it's got to be fantastic. And... Uh, <laughs> As tradition goes, we always start with a guest. So, Tom, mate, what have you got for us this week for our lovely Right, guest? so I've got um, a Middlesbrough-based artist by Ooh. the name of Saha. Um, he's released on Paradiso Records, Ooh. also on Nine Records. Oh. <laughs> um, Nine Records. He's got some exciting stuff coming up that I can't tell you about at the moment. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, no exclusive. Exclusive. Oh, no exclusive. Sad, sad exclusive. Um, But yeah, he's got he's got a track called "How's It Going." Um, It's slightly different to what he's normally doing. It's unreleased at the moment as well. But so I'll give you this is an exclusive. Um, But see what you think. But I think it's very sort of Chemical Brothersy sort of vibe. Oh, oh, you might might not, but. Your technically, job. technically, we could say that this is a Meet Me Front Left premiere right it now. Is. How cool is that? Cool. Never said that before. Wow. Meet Did Me Front Left premiere. <laughs> <laughs> right, are we, oh, uh, are we ready to get into it, guys? Yes, I'm ready. Three, two, one, play. Some heat again, but the space between the beats keeps 
Meet Me Front Left, it was an actual exclusive. And that tune was by Saha. It's called How's It Going? And we were having a little chat whilst we were listening to it. Tom, you said that all of the vocals in it, he records himself. Yeah, so um, basically, a little sort of story, on, well, backstory on him. He, wa- he wanted to be in a band um, when he was younger um, and he'll tell you this. He, he basically wasn't coordinated enough <laughs> to, to, to do it. Um, if, if you meet Levi, he won't mind me saying, I love him to death, but he's, he can be a bit of a mess sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the coordination part probably didn't. Um, well, long story short, he started doing electronic music, but he only uses his own um, vocals and he puts vocals on quite a lot of tracks, which... yeah. It's actually quite, I'd say, unusual um, now. A lot of music's vocalless, but yeah. he he has quite a haunting. He well, he does all sorts, and it's quite haunting sometimes. Perfect timing for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> nah, mate, that was that was wicked. I um, yeah, decent, mate. Really like that. Yeah, like. Harry said proper like Frankie goes to Hollywood kind of vibes. There was a big old hybrid of quite a lot of influence in that song, I felt like. Yeah, um, to, be, to be honest with you, right, Lee, when we talked about people cutting their teeth, um, so I've known Levi for six, six, seven years now. Nah, yeah, six, seven years. Um, and he's basically, I've got a lot of friends from Middlesbrough, big up Middlesbrough. Big up the borough. Um, Big up the Palmos. But, yeah, land of Palmos, Adam, <laughs> the rest. Um, but yeah, my basically, I went to uni with a lot of kids from borough. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of my girlfriend's. I met my girlfriend. She's from Middlesbrough, and I to spend a lot of time up there. But from the day I sort of started hanging around with these borough kids, all of them have said like Levi, it's, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. He's he's sick. But he's he's one of those kids. He's spent the last six years he's he only put his first release out last year but he's been making music for seven years wow um and patient guy (laughs) (laughs) i do the management for him with um sam who does adam's management as well oh sweet and we we've been sending it out to a few places some of his back catalog um and he's sort of been over lockdown he's been tweaking tweaking his back catalog and sort of finishing off his early stuff now with sort of new eyes, new ears. And to be honest, the the sort of people we've been talking to and the stuff that we've got already got locked in for 2021, um, I don't think any of us, I'd, um, Levi, me or Sam, thought we'd get any of this stuff signed to the people we've got it signed to. But 2021 is going to be pretty big for him. 2021, baby. baby. <laughs> Yo. What about Shout you, Harry? What are your... Um... What are your thoughts, mate, on this tune? I really liked it. Yeah, as you said, took the words out of my mouth, Dan. Yeah! Uh, Frankie goes to to Hollywood vocal. (laughs) Um, I love it. 
Uh, a Chemical Brothers vibe, as you said. As soon as I pressed play and heard that first kick and that first weird bassy line, I was like, yeah. Yeah. This is Frank, uh, Chemical Brothers. And the, the vocal was really lovely. Like, I was like, okay, okay. And then he did that bit just before the drop. And I was like, oh, wow. This guy's got a good voice. Mate, it's proper, so, it's proper unique, man. And I, I, yeah. I think people have got a lot of guts. And I just have a lot of appreciation for people who write their own lyrics and do their own vocal stuff on their own music. My, my voice is shit, so I can't really do that. But It's yeah. it, like, if you, if you know him as well and you, you, you chat to him about the story... All of the songs and all the lyrics are a story as well. Then they're, they're never random. Mm. Um, they all, a lot of them are parts of his career. To be honest, oh, there's, interesting. There's a I'm song called cry. "The Getaway," um, which has been has been signed and is coming out next year. Um, again, can't tell you where, um, but that in in that he talks about sort of giving up on music um, and oh. then coming coming to London and playing a gig in London. And meeting a few people, and that sort of re reignited, Rekindling and made, made him realize that he he can actually do this. Um, that he can like he will be good at it. And like it, if if you listen to the lyrics, they they're all very easy to get into without li- knowing the story. But once you know the story, it's quite they're all quite powerful in, in themselves as well. Yeah, big up Saha, man. He's he sounds like a sick guy, and um, we uh. Oh, I 100% wish the best for him because this is wicked, mate. Yeah, this is just so don't unique. go on a night out with him because you're fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> mate, we can't anyway. I need anyway, to say he's so. diabetic, right? <laughs> he won't mind me telling you this. Diabetic, he was playing an after another Park Life story here. Um, we, I was dressed as a techno cat. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a Germany flag and face cat face paint on my face. <laughs> he was playing an after party. And he's diabetic, and if he doesn't eat food, he literally melts into a puddle on the floor. And um, yeah, so we're, we're going to this after party to try and get there for him to play. And he's like, "Mate, I need you to go in Nando's." So he's like, "I need food." So he's that fucked in the back of the taxi. He can't go in to collect his food. So they, he sends in the techno key. I'm still in Fallowfield Nando's. Fallowfield Nando's with cat face paint on. Hey, you're, a, you're a tomcat, mate. You're a tomcat. Yeah, yeah. Tomcat. Come on. <laughs> Germany flag. Mums and dads obviously picking up their kids because it's end of term. I'm sat there chomping my jaw off. And the mate's like, um, my mate works, is the manager in there. He goes, Tom, you, you need to sit in the back office. I'm like, what do you mean? I said, how long is this going to be? He went, long enough that you need to sit in the back office, mate. And pick up. <laughs> Get in the taxi. Levi goes, you got me mushy peas. He went, how oh, fucking mushy peas going to keep me alive? I'm diabetic. Mushy peas aren't going to give me any energy. <laughs> got it wrong. But yeah, don't go on a night out with Levi in short, but mushy listen to his music. Mushy peas? In Nando's? <laughs> in Nando's. Oh, can I just have some mushy peas, please? That's order of the century, that is. Honestly, I think they just tried to get me out of there as quick as they could. <laughs> yeah. So like, what do we have in the kitchen? <laughs> they went to the chippy next door and got mushy peas and said, here we go. <laughs> He won't realise. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to eat him anyway. <laughs> He's already chewing enough. Right. Anyway. Jesus Christ. Moving Anywho. on. Anywho. Moving on. Anyway, big up Saha. How's it going? That tune's coming out soon. Um, yeah. Meet me front left premiere, baby. Um, baby, baby. Definitely gets one of these from me. Ooh, extra spicy sauce. <laughs> That's going straight in my basket. <laughs> Bring it on. 
Um, right, Harry, should we play rock, paper, scissors and who goes next? Okay. Virtually. Um, <laughs> okay, Dan. I'll right. judge. What, what we're we... going to do is we're... Okay. Um, <laughs> how about we both send Tom a message on Facebook of what we want? What? Well, just on free, we go three, two, one, and then you put oh, yeah. like, okay. the emoji say, for your thing. Or well, why don't we just say it on the <laughs> yeah, on the it. podcast? Let's right, just say it. So yeah, we just say it. So it'll go three, two, one, boom. Yep. All right, you ready? Born ready, bitch. Three, two, one, scissors. scissors. Oh, you, you said it after me. I didn't. That's your fucking latency, mate. It's nothing okay. to do with me. Right. Okay. <laughs> three, two, one, paper. Block. Ah, <laughs> come on! Got him. Biggest victory oh. I've had all week. Can I go first? No, you get you get to choose. What? Do, do you want to go first or do you want to wait? Yeah, that, that was the whole point. Right, right, sorry guys at home listening to this. What do you mean? Right, Dan's a bully. He wants to show his tune first. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, my ego's too big to let Harry go. No, next. Dan's about to show his new EP. All right, <laughs> we're not talking that kind of exclusive just yet. Right, there he goes again. So. <laughs> every every time we do this show, yeah, I always say like can be any genre. So I actually haven't picked a house song this week. Oh wow! How Spanner in the works. My chemical picked... romance, please, my <laughs> cut my life into pieces. It's actually, <laughs> the whole first album of Packard this girl. <laughs> in my hat. In my hat. Anyway, um, okay, so yeah, this song came out in 1980 doesn't sound like nice. a 1980s song but it's by a guy named al johnson um it's called a song called i've got my second wind harry i think you might have heard this song played <laughs> <laughs> i heard tom laugh i was like, Fuck. Nah. Just like sorry sorry I'm God, bringing, this I'm is a serious podcast you. man you can't be laughing like that serious i'm 25 now as well for oh, still <laughs> oh dan just fucking tell us the song oh my god right um so yeah I've gone for a song that some might arguably call Timeless. And um, yeah, it's just a vibe, mate. I've been... Are you going to get copyright striked? I hope not. If cool. so, they won't be listening to this podcast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Flying this... under the radar. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Dan means they're dead. What? Is oh, it dead? <laughs> Is it fucking dead? <laughs> <laughs> mm. I think it's dead. Right. Uh, yeah, so this is um song by a guy called Al Johnson. I absolutely adore this tune. Um, it's just like proper feel good, man. If you don't like this, something's wrong with you. But um, hopefully you guys like it now. Right, are we uh, we ready to to give it a bad boy listen? Go for it. Yeah. Let's go. Come on, baby. Three, two, one, go. We're loving good and steady.
Okay, so that was um, a different to normal tune for this podcast, for sure. It was um, tuned by Al Johnson called I've Got My Second Wind. Um, let's start with you, Tom, mate. Have you got any uh, got any thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I, I, I proper enjoyed it. I think um, it reminded me straight away of what something artwork would play at Pikes in Ibiza. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, right up there, which... Um, I went to when I lived in Ibiza. We went every week for an entire season. Oh, so you, we went every Sunday there? for four months. So obviously, right up my street. Lovely stuff, mate. When Lovely did stuff. you live there? Um, so just after uni, um, went off and did all the um, warehouse project festivals, and then sort of did the rest of the season there. So it sort of flew in and out. Oh, if oh. you pun. Were you, were you there in 2018? <sighs> I, I honestly don't know how people do that thing where they just go, yeah, it was back in uh, 2016 as traveling the world. <laughs> but maybe it could have been 2018. Um, I went to Pikes when I was there. I saw well, it was Dennis Salter and Melody. But I don't know. I was just wondering if you were there. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't remember. He, yeah, no. he was too busy getting mushy peas. Too much yeah, networking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, mate, Harry, what about you, man? What do you... Um... Oh, I love the... I'm pretty sure I've heard you play this somewhere before. I don't know where. It probably but... would have been like a... It, not a... <laughs> not a sell-out nightclub gig. Got but... my second win! I love it. Yeah, it's really nice. It just... It reminds you of, like, almost... Oh, sorry, I got a bit of wind. Um... <laughs> got your second, second wind. <laughs> hey! <Yeah>. Come on. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's very, like, Follimore on his, like, live streams. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. That sort of vibe, like, really, like, raw disco from like actual disco kind it's of vibes. soul, man. It's just, I yeah, think it, sorry, it's sorry, excuse my tune. French. <laughs> excuse my French, it's soul. <laughs> disco, blasphemy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, Tom, are you going to say something, sorry? Probably not important, to be honest with you. No, I was going to say, it's the sort of song that I, I, I think it would bring people back to the dance floor. Like if, you, if you've gone and cocked it up beforehand, you you probably whack this on and bring them back, like, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah, mate. Give it a fair shot. Very, I'd, I'd actually call this more of a set closer, mate. Very I, Henry Wu. Yeah. I just honestly, I've I've always had a soft spot for um, the old school and shit. I I pretty much prefer older music to modern music, really. Um, so this is like, oh, it's just a vibe. Yeah, Dan, it's just proper nostalgia, time, man. I'd love Dan, this kind of tune. When was the last time you played a tune that was released after 2015 in the mix? <laughs> Probably about 2015. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say I'm kind of um, oh, what was I going to say oh bollocks <laughs> oh god that, that's so annoying good, I had, chat, I had, good chat Harry good chat I had something really good to say oh well clearly not it's, good it, enough it, it's awkward when that happens right it's happened to me a few times when I'm doing interviews because you're sort of listening to what they're saying and you're going I've got to remember that point to ask a question then they say something else you go oh, I might ask them this and you go shit I've got nothing to ask them <laughs> you get it go, yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take five. We'll take five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and cut. Human. Right, Harry, we'll come back to you, mate, if you want. Sorry, it's <laughs> fine. But yeah, honestly, I am. Um, like I said before, we played this. This for me is just like timeless, man. Like, I can't imagine music like this will ever be unappreciated. So, I have I have a question for you about timeless music. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think the rate at which music is released now makes it harder for a track to, to become timeless? 100%. Or do you think it's still possible? Oh, mate, I've, I think you'll obviously get a few tracks that will be, but 
I, I think I've had this conversation with someone before and the argument I usually say is a lot of music before it reached its full capacity now where you can pretty much do anything and make anything. It means that this point in time doesn't really have a sound. So like if you went back to the 80s, you could hear a tune and be like, that's an 80s tune. And then you went to the 90s, be like 90s R&B song or something or 90s house tune, be like, that's a 90s house tune. But I feel like because there's such different influence of different cycles and trends and shit happening now. No, I don't think so. I just don't think there's going to be songs that come out now that will be timeless compared I, to kind of the older stuff. I don't know. I, I I sort of, there's some bits of that I disagree with where as in like at, in the 90s at the time, they didn't know what it was going to sound like in the future. So they probably think the same thing. No, but if you were, if you were there, mate, you would have known that like you're part of something. No, you wouldn't. Um, you would not have a clue. And like, in 20 years time, there might be some mental sort of thing with music where like there's this new thing we've discovered where we're like, oh my fucking God, it can sound like this. Like Pandemic what? House. Well, this- <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what's around the corner. Like in the nineties when they were make eighties and making music, they're like, "Fuck me, that's incredible." Nah, that's true. That's true. Have you have you seen? Um, Search I do know what you're saying, Dan. I do. I do. I get what you mean. Like, this is it. I I agree with. I think both what you both said is actually is right. But I, I don't. Have you seen Searching for Sugar Man? Have you ever seen mm, that documentary? Nah. It, you should you should watch that. It's fucking unbelievable documentary. It's about um, this uh, American singer songwriter. Um, who basically he never knew how how big he was. Um, he got he there was a rumor going round that he burnt himself alive on stage, and that's basically why this documentary guy goes goes to find him. No way. Um, but it it uh, when he starts digging, um, basically his song, one of his songs, um, searching for Sugar Man, was the song that inspired the apart not inspired the apartheid uh to the to, sorry to the to break down the apartheid in south africa but it became the anthem um because oh, basically wow. it was the biggest selling song in south african record history um and it was what all the black um community was using to because they weren't allowed to do anything they were basically using this song and it was inspired it was the, the song of the movement, it was played when um, the apartheid was collapsed. Um, and basically this documentary guy goes and finds this guy and he's like looking for him. They contact the record label, trying to find him. No no one knows where he is. What and the they finally discover him and he's, he's living homeless in um, Chicago or Detroit, one of those cities. What? Um, and like during this time, he's tried to run for mayor of the city to try and change it. Like it's, it's a mad story. But basically, Jeez. the record label had been stealing all his money. He became homeless. But these guys paid to fly him to South Africa. And he he plays this gig like 30 years after the end of the apartheid. Plays this gig there. And he does a sellout stadium tour of South Africa um, 30 years afterwards. But he doesn't know, he do, they don't even tell him how big his music was there until he arrives. And basically this whole, the whole of South Africa is going, it's like front page news going absolutely nuts for this guy. Definitely, definitely check it out because the music wow, on it is sounds, unbelievable as well. That, that is emotional. I'm, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's but, nuts, man. Yeah, but it's, it's, it relates to what you say there about do, do people know what, what they're producing and how it, how it will last? 
Interesting. He he definitely didn't. Um, That's true. I embarrassed myself twice before um, doing interviews. I did one with, uh, who was an extrovert, and I did one with um, a, a duo called Motion Unit from, who both had like techno hits, basically. Yeah. And the question I asked that embarrassed me was, when you set out, did you set out to make this, like to sell X amount of records? And both, I know every time I asked, I asked it in front of Pam Pox, it was a joint interview. And I just saw all of them laughing at me on, <laughs> on the camera. And it's because these guys were underground. Like they never even did anything to make money. Yeah. And like they didn't know these records were still going to be being reworked now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's That's crazy to think about actually. Yeah. I suppose wow. we won't really know until the future. <laughs> <laughs> the future. The future. The future. Yeah, man. Who knows? Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're doing all right. <laughs> <By then. laughs> yeah. No, that, that's mental, mate. I'm, it's uh, honestly, it's I'm on, actually it's a bit on lost Amazon. By that. But I've definitely go watch that that documentary. It's fucking sick. Yeah, like, honestly, really good. There we go. Hints and tips from the the wise man, Mister <laughs> Tom Leek Pie himself. <laughs> anyway, before we um before we get too sidetracked, Harry, mate, it's about time, boy. What's um what's yeah, your song so, of choice for the uh, so Australian basket? Between two tracks, one of them was a TMB track, jungle track, and the other is the Orbital remix that I showed you the other day, Dan. Okay. And I'm gonna have to go with the Orbital remix because I just fucking love the pan flute so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just really want to listen to it. Um, but yeah, this is a tune I found actually on an event that, do you know Bruce, the DJ Bruce? Yeah, DJ Bruce. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know Bruce. DJ I don't know if it's like your next neighbor or something. <laughs> it was an event he was doing, um, and the, to promote it, they played this clip from his Deck Mantle set a couple of years ago or last year, I think it was, and he played this tune. I was like, fuck me, this is. Like, it just reminded me of, like, being in a nightclub or, like, in an event, just having, like, losing my head. And I was like, wow, this is... You're losing, like, you're losing, it was, it's, you're it's a very euphoric. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very euphoric track, and it's, like, it's a, it's a take... Well, it's got the, the vocal from, obviously, Good Life by... In a City. I mean, don't tell My me. girlfriend's favourite song, that. She in a City. Dancing at Glastonbury to that. She was off oh. red. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the... Wait... Global Method and it's the Vibe Tribe EP uh, and it's the song Good Life from that and it's the Orbital remix. Nice. Um, and I'll put it in the chat for you guys so you can... Oh, it's already in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> you just put it in the chat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. So, like, it's it's an old school housey one pretty much and it's about as orbital as it gets with the pan flutes. So. Sweet. Yeah. I hope you enjoy. This is um, Good Life from the Global Method and Vibe Tribe EP, the Orbital Remix. <laughs> right, we ready? Yeah. yeah.
though, that was from the... Fucking <laughs> who laughed? Who <laughs> <Hey>, was it? Who <laughs> hey, was it? Fess <laughs> up. Um, so that was from the Vibe Tribe EP uh, from Global Method, and that was the Orbital Remix slash Mix, whatever you want to call it, because it just yeah. came out on... Um, Octowatter and Aristru's Fabric Presents album. So, which I can't wait to come out. We were literally, we kind of discovered it. No, no, no. Well, you've been pirating it, or <laughs> no? It just doesn't the bomb where where the uh, audio's from. Cheeky, <laughs> 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 there's actually Dan. There's free for sale of this. Sound like Boris, way. mate. And there's free, there's free for sale, and they're thirty nine quid each. No, ninety quid each. Sorry. What on Discogs? Yeah, Jeez. and there's the DJ Seduction Mitch as well. Mitch? Seduction. Seduction. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did in my little chair. Mate, that was fucking sick. Yeah. Um, it went off. I'm looking up parties now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tom was actually like putting on like a different stream on mute <laughs> of like a, a party during that tune. Honestly, <laughs> that was um, sick. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think about that? We'll go around the table. Tom first, mate. Go for it. Um, like I said, spot on. A few bits, few Stellas in my hand that's dancing around the room. <laughs> <laughs> now I proper, I proper enjoyed it. It's it's proper ravey, isn't it? You, it's yeah, old school. It's ravey. not it's not for sort of six o'clock in the morning when people sort of sat down. It's like that's going to get people up and dancing around the that's room. That's like heat of the night shit, man. That yeah, is. like I think I'd also cry if I heard this. It just the pan flute fucking gets me, man. <laughs> Have you ever reason, cried at a gig? Uh, no, I haven't. I've been close. Uh, Astrofunk, because there's an event me and Dan used to uh, run together with some other people. And um, I've, I've, I've been close to crying Astrofunk at the end of the night, mate, when everyone's fucking smacked and the lights come on and we're playing a tune and everyone's singing and we're like, oh my God. What a it's good sick, night. isn't it? Honestly. Mate, like, <laughs> Carly Minogue comes on. And just... <laughs> I played, what did I play? Like a Prayer. Just like a prayer. That's Madonna, sorry. We played that once. And Carly Minogue, singing. like a prayer. Sorry, it was Madonna, like a prayer. And honestly... Yeah, I'm... it was Carly Minogue living on a prayer. Fuck it out. That was where I nearly turned up, actually. Oh, um, I didn't know that, Harry. That's cute. Yeah, because everyone's fucking singing one of my favourite songs. Oh. It is sick, yeah. though, isn't it? When, like, I imagine you two, what you, you just said there, that you felt it, but... That sort of when I was deciding what to do, it was the same thing, like throwing a few parties and seeing all your mates dancing around at fucking lunatics. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it all starts in the mates though. Couldn't it? have said it but better, it, mate. But it is like, I remember like watching one of my mates DJ and still he doesn't DJ that much anymore, but every now and then he'll, he'll DJ and all of our mates turn up for it. You, oh. Like I, we all walk out of the room with a fucking smile on our face, and like honestly, that was part of the reason why I got into to doing parties yeah. was just yeah. seeing the reaction to like the mates had to to seeing their mates play, basically. Hundred yeah. percent, mate. Well, that's a very wholesome thing of you to say, Tom. Just to add as well <laughs> on this tune, um, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like oh, I wish I. My song's so different in a different way, completely different vibe. But I'm glad you chose this one, Harry. Yeah, I was, um, going to, I was close to the other one. <laughs> nah, mate, like you said, them them pan flutes just hit you right mate, in the heart, mate. They, they like, do, it's mate. Just, it's fucking sad. It's I think no, it's just proper like euphoric. I'm not, I'm not even crying on the dance floor. I know we've said crying on the dance floor a few times. I'm fucking welling up, mate. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going mad. The toilet guys mate, coming, honestly, in skanking. I think I'd be literally like, mate. No spray, be, no lay. I'll be buzzing. No off splash, my fucking, no gas. I'll be buzzing off my tits the way I do. No money, no pull. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, it's, 
But yeah, but if you, you got... I, I think those three songs there, three completely different genres, to be honest with you. Oh, but mate, I think it's they're diverse week, in their own way. <laughs> it's been a... That's the beauty of this segment, to be honest. Oh, mate, it's great, man. Yeah, that was sick. I was going to choose a jungle tune, but I'll save that for another time. But this is this is why I just I had to pick this because when I heard it on this advert, when I was scrolling through Facebook, I was like, "Fuck me, this is incredible!" Yeah, like, I was just like, "Where is this?" And I watched <laughs> the deck mantle set, and everyone's just like hands in the air. Oh, it's so sad. Well, they just don't care. <laughs> yeah, but um, thanks for listening to that, guys. It was the it was good life um, by Global Method from the Vibe Tribe EP, and it's the Orbital remix. Yeah, and like we said, for, uh, released this, um, ninety two. Yeah, th- this will be out on. Um the new Fabric... Is it is it the Fabric Live album or is it just Fabric Presents or something? Uh, Fabric Presents, yeah. Okay, yeah. This will be on Octo Octa and Aristru's Fabric album coming out. How do you know it's not out yet? Because it says pre-order. I'm looking at oh, it in Bandcamp yeah, and it says pre-order. <laughs> also, it's the out. actual original vinyl says there's only a thousand copies in existence. Very rare. Jesus. Very Jesus. rare. Like a lovely yeah. juicy stick. Just how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Very Wait, rare. It's, but, funny, yeah. it's funny you mentioned vinyl because that's a kind of a little segue into God, a topic I had. If we had fucking one pound donation for every time you said segue. Or vinyl or bang You'd down. be able to buy a segue. <laughs> or exclusive. <laughs> I'd be able to buy. Be able to pay I've got a fun you. fact about segue. You've probably heard it. Oh no, go for it. Um, the guy that invented a segue actually died on a segue because it went the wrong way and he fell off a cliff. Oh my god! Off a cliff. I might have added the cliff bit in, but never mind. <laughs> just to add to the drama. Yeah, <laughs> he fell off a three hundred meter cliff. <laughs> he went all the way up to the top of the Empire State on a Segway. <laughs> fell right off. <laughs> Fucking hell, though. But That's crazy. It's true, he died on a Segway. Wow. And I'm pretty sure the cliff bit's real, but who's what? Yeah. Who am I to tell you the truth? God. Yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. Segway, uh, segway some, so, something came into my head. Sorry, a little doubt. So I want to ask you guys a quick, quick question. Go on, really off go, topic. Go Here we go. So here we it, go. Multiple choice, <laughs> right? So one of these is the original founder of Gucci, the brand, right? What? Okay. <laughs> no, this is funny. Right. Just right. So right. is it a Maurizio Gucci? Yeah. Two Guccio Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Three Rodolfo Gucci. Or four Alessandro Michelle. Can you repeat that again, please? So that is A, Maurizio Gucci, B, Guccio Gucci, C, C Rodolfo Gucci, Guccio Gucci, or D, Alessandro Michelle. Sorry, what was the third one? Rodolfo Gucci. And the first? Maurizio Gucci. <laughs> the fourth? Alessandro Michelle. And the second? Gucky, 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 gucky. Gucci. I'll have a consonant, please, Carol. <laughs> and about what, what are you going for? What are you going for? Um, um, Maurizio Gu- Gucci. Gucci. Is it? I bet you it's Gucci. Is it Gucci? I want it to be Gucci so bad. It I is think Gucci. It's really <laughs> <Gucci>. <laughs> so the reason I found that so Gucci funny is not, like, It's because <laughs> I saw a, a thing somewhere. This guy was doing a quiz. And it was like, it was like, well, it's definitely not Gucci or Gucci because I was just taking the piss. It's definitely not Gucci or <laughs> And it Gucci. turned out to be that. I was just like, fuck off. Is a guy actually called Gucci or Gucci? Fuck off. <laughs> I fuck it, off. Yeah. Is it not uh, Gucci or Gucci? <laughs> so his real name is Guccio Giovanni Battista. Battista Dario Marina Gucci. Wow. That's a the name. Italian businessman and fashion designer. He is the most known for being the founder of the fashion house of Gucci. Okay. Now back to the second <laughs> Um, oh god yeah funny enough he died um, he fell off a cliff on a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell um, 
Yeah, so um, a topic I had about vinyl, because obviously we, we talk about Discogs and we love vinyl because we we only mix vinyl because we're vinyl yeah. DJs. Because we're fucking good DJs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> What genre do you mix? Vinyl. Wait, <laughs> is that a USB? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh God. No, it's, all like fun. A, it's all I fun and games, like, guys. I sound like not... the biggest fucking prick in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. God. Okay. Um, USB. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually found some more facts and figures for you. Okay, So good. Um, we obviously mentioned earlier about kind of social media and how it impacts music. Um, but another thing I kind of wanted to get on that topic with was the idea of kind of people going back to going back physical to releases and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a physical release. Mate, Tom, I told you, mate, like the last half hour of this podcast just falls apart. But, um... Are we getting to the last half an hour? I was ready for an all night, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> the oh night is God. young, baby. Um, Groovy, baby. I, <laughs> more takeaway. I, get paid at, I get paid at 12 o'clock at night. Um, at night? 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> I get paid at 12. I'm going to buy a takeaway. Past supper. Who says buy a takeaway? I meant I'm going to order a takeaway. Buy a fucking you just grab takeaway a takeaway, shop. don't you? Just get just one. Gonna buy Domino's. <laughs> I will buy the takeaway. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> oh Sold. God. Right, let me tell you my facts. Come on, did some research. Um, <laughs> so, um, obviously, the topic in question is whether you think people will go back to the more physical sound of music more in the future. Um, and the fact I had for you was that during um, this year, from January to June, Discog sales went up 30% compared to last year. Um, With over 4,228,270 orders. Of oh, fucking hell, fair play. In the space of January, February. <laughs> so fair play. That is a lot more than I'd expect. Mate, Four it's million. crazy amounts. Um, crazy, crazy amounts. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Um, I thought I've taken the reins here. No, go for it. Um, I don't know. I think the whole vinyl thing... It, I think as more people progress in their kind of um, career, if you will, then they'll kind of get into vinyl and realise that it's like, you know... I just think a lot... It's, it's a big part of a lot of people's progression in music. Do you think it's of, like... It's, um, what are them things where... You know, like... I mean, even listening to podcasts, for example, it's more of like an adult thing to do. You kind of grow into that. Do you think that's the same with like records? Yeah, because you get an enjoyment out of just going. Oh, I'm going tomorrow. I'm going to Nothing Venture again. Big hey, up to, big up big once up again. Ventures. Come big on, up, Alex. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I'm going there tomorrow morning. I'm gonna go check it out. And it's it's one of those things like you, uh, obviously you're just saying about vinyl sales, but there's kind of a bit of a more community vibe with. It, like record shops, local record shops, and the people you see there, and everything. It's not just about buying vinyl. It's online. just tan it's tangible, though, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, it's yeah. not just tangible having the record. The that what you just said there about the community behind it. It's the whole process is is physical. Like you spit, yep. you go to the record store, you pick up the 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 vinyl you buy isn't the first vinyl you pick up. You pick up two or three. You sit there with your headphones on. You listen to them. You put it back. Yeah, you speak to the guy in the shop and you say, "Have you got anything yeah. like this?" 
then he digs around. He goes, oh yeah, check this out. Like the whole, that whole process is tangible and physical. And mm. it, it sort of goes back to, to when we were talking about can music stand the test of time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sure. when, when you put something out on vinyl, there's, there's not as many people doing it, first of all. And <laughs> yeah. like D, the, the big DJs that play exclusively vinyl, like Sven Vaff, Michael Mayer, these sort of people, right? They still get, well, before before there's no gigs, but they they still get all the vinyls sent to wherever they're touring. They don't travel around with it because it's just not possible. Yeah, but, mate. But they, they get these vinyls sent to them and these vinyls stay in their record bag for much longer because it's harder to update. The, you, you just physically can't go through that amount of vinyls. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you, 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 you can't get to them. For, yeah. Like if you're, if you're touring around the world, so I've, I think for like any young artist, it's probably like a big thing to get your music printed onto something. Do oh, you know, mate, like, it's like a bucket list thing for me, man. It 100% is without question. Um, yeah, definitely definitely on the goal list. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's the sort of thing that like you, you see like when you talk about people like Queen or the Beatles, you always see a golden record on the wall. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, that's true. But like whether it's your, a golden record or not, like you're, I, I'm. I, this is me speaking as someone that doesn't make music at all, but I'd imagine that like, that would be the sort of thing that you'd you'd have on your wall somewhere or framed somewhere, yeah. not and, like a golden USB. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there's, there's two a things record box on, plaque. <laughs> like, there's two things I've thought about recently which will make me cry and break down in happiness, right? Yeah, yeah. And on. it's getting tracks on vinyl, right? My first track on vinyl, I'll fucking break down, right? <laughs> And the day I get out of retail, I'll break down on this. I thought you were going to say the day you get out of rehab because you got a track on vinyl. You went into rehab because you broke down. There are two, two things. So, mate, it's um, it's it's amazing how um, records can have such like a emotional connection to people. I mean, prime example. I don't know if you've seen it, Tom, but I know you have, Harry. Is the um, the video where Kerry Chandler talks about his dad's record collection? Yeah. Um. On is it Mixmag? I think, it's uh, Mixmag. I think it was. It was a tour, It was a, a panel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, even from watching that video. By the way, I'd recommend everyone to watch it. It's really cool. It's really Kerry yeah, Chandler. Very, yeah, interesting very guy. emotional. Very like, oh, Kerry, what guy? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it would be nice to think that, you know, your record collection is like. <sighs> I don't want to sound cringe by saying this, but it's like an extended version of you in terms of like, this is the music I love and it could kind of get passed down to generation to generation kind of thing. Uh, I think that's spot on because I've never known if this story is true, right? And this isn't me, me saying someone <laughs> fell off a cliff or anything. <laughs> but I, I heard, so that Fatima Yamaha. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I've heard, and this, I, I don't know if this is true or not. I'd like to believe it is true. Mm. Um, but apparently when Jackmaster first heard that song, he went and bought it from every vinyl store that he saw a copy of it. Because he said, this is fucking, that's that special. Like, I want it as, like, almost as, as his as his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, for me, that's one of the best songs ever made oh, anyway. Yeah. 
Mate, have you heard his new song? It's fucking wicked, mate. It's so it's, good. Yeah, lethal, lethal producer. Yeah. My friend saw him live a couple of years ago. Chris Campbell saw him live, Dan. Apparently it was um, incredible. Yeah, I saw him at Deck Mantle in the boiler room. It was fucking oh, sick. You were oh, there? Man. Yeah. Oh, mate. See, who else did you see in the, in the boiler room? Anyone else? Um, I did. Anyone edge you? Nah, to be honest <laughs> with you, I was actually looking after him. <laughs> we got a call from one of our mates that was watching from home saying, uh, <laughs> have you seen, I won't say his name, have you seen so-and-so? We're like, yeah, he's dancing next to us. Turned around and he was like hugging a pole. <laughs> you're like where's so, the mushy peas yeah it's like see you on people a boiler room yeah exactly exactly so so, so yeah that that sort of cut the boiler room um set short because we we realized everyone was watching us from home <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah family amaha was good mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah man i i think um i do think records are there's something about the physical format of it that just makes it so special. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've only really started getting into the collecting side of it more probably this year. And I will say, to back up my facts, probably during isolation as well. Um, just because It's, it's interesting, do. that fact, by the way, because we, like, I look after a couple of labels and I know talking to other people running digital labels, yeah, the digital stuff is struggling like not doing particularly well mm. um that's not for everyone I've, we've got a couple of labels that are doing well but as a as a whole it's not been particularly particularly good over lockdown whether that's because people don't want club music or, or yeah. what but it's, it's interesting that you say that the the vinyl is picked up because it's obviously the opposite of what you're seeing on the digital platforms. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Man. I think it's because digital music's so disposable. You know what I mean? It is. Mm. There's too much of it, man. There's too yeah. much of it. Not that yeah. it's not good music, for sure, but because um, obviously, I've, I mean, me and Harry have only got music digitally anyway. Yeah. But but it's it's a, it's a lot easier to add a tune to your cart and buy it than it is like you've put a lot more thought into it listening to a physical record. Yeah. Like, and you're spending really more like, money, really realistically. Want, exactly. You're spending, spending more a lot money. of money on a record. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, I think as well, the reason that a lot of like smaller labels, like underground labels, are like succeeding with their sales in terms of vinyl is because they're doing a really good job of like creating a community around their label. And That's uh, the thing, mate. Vinyl does build those... Creating, creating yeah. crew again. And it, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like you kind of want to support it because you're like, oh, I'm spending 15 quid on, or £10 on this um, record that I just brought out. But I really like the label. <clears> they're, they're pretty niche. But, and you feel good about supporting it, like it's good music. So, like, what you, sorry, you feel like your money, <laughs> I can't, my voice, your money's going to like something like, you feel like it's a bit more worthwhile than spending it on like a top, top label. I'm not saying that the top, top labels don't deserve it. Do you know what I mean? I'm just saying that. <laughs> but, but no, also, it makes it more personable, doesn't it? But you, yeah, yeah, exactly. But would you, so you said there about supporting these smaller labels with, with crews. That doesn't like some of these smaller labels are digital based though as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I, I think it's it's two different things because there's there's big labels that are putting vinyl out as well. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, because like I, I think what you're touching on there is actually something different about these smaller. La- I think there's a move, or we're seeing a shift towards more grassroots stuff, more lock lockdown when the parties have stopped, basically. 
there's a lot of artists that have been winging it and not been that creative for but have been taking big money selling out shows there because I'll be totally honest with you I think for a creative industry not that creative like there's a lot of ideas that are rehashed there's a lot of copying there's Recycled, a lot of called baby <laughs> but for me I think lockdown what it has done is it's, it's taken out or it's equaled the playing field oh so yes, a lot of, definitely a lot of young artists or not even young artists artists that have been soldiering along doing their thing that's fucking sick but not heard because it doesn't sell lots of tickets necessarily yeah they because the shows are gone all of those artists that relied just on shows are going shit <laughs> we're not fucking as switched on as some of these guys that are actually making cool fucking stuff. Yeah. And I I think a lot of, there'll be a few big artists that come out of this with no career left. Uh, and I think there'll be a lot of small artists that come up and take take the space, which for yeah. me is exciting. That sounds incredible to me, mate. I've I'm actually <laughs> got my fingers crossed for that because that would be... But, but genu- genuinely, like for me as a promoter, I've, like I've I've always tried to book people that I like, right? I've never I don't do enough events to really warrant just like I've I've put them on because I go shit I've liked that let's let's put the artists on. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, they've not always done done the best. But <laughs> the this is the annoying thing: the best music doesn't always sell the most tickets. That's but true. That's if true. you can get a young artist for three hundred quid that sells fifty tickets. Sometimes that's as many tickets as a guy that you paid three grand for sells. Yeah. It's like to be yeah. brutally honest with you, that is I, it's the same thing. I think yeah. so. Oh, sorry. No, you go on, go on, go on. I, I was gonna say I just think it's like, and this is where go, go to bring it back to the inner circle and that as well. I know there's guys in there that will sell the same amount of tickets for a fraction of the price that some of these other artists do. And I'm already seeing and speaking to like venue bookers and that that are starting to realize that shit we don't actually need to spend this money because think about it if, if you yeah like when adam played the cause the amount of people from the inner circle that came down to support that same yeah. i know when when other stuff happens in other cities i see it in the group someone goes oh, i'm playing this everyone fucking goes yeah i'll be down there or i wish i could that that's enough tickets to to warrant getting booked and it's a fraction yeah. of the price so i think those people are going to thrive yeah mate I, th- I think that's a good point and like i was just thinking about this a minute ago i was going <clears> to <throat> say um how i think this whole lockdown thing and how everyone's had time to think and like obviously artists that um you could consider more musically talented or putting more work in but not necessarily getting the shows a couple like a, a year ago are now being heard and stuff and I think that will draw more people to their nights when clubs eventually open again. Mm. And I think it's going to be a bit of like a kind of a, what's the word? Um, Influx? People are going to be, have a bit of a, a rethink. And oh, okay, okay. They're going to see, they're going to go to see people for their, their music and hope, hopefully anyway, rather than just the image. Because I think a lot of people flock to certain genres and stuff for the image. Um, and mm-hmm. that can, like, you, you see some gigs and you're like, how the fuck is that sold out? And you're like... <laughs> You're like that shit's music, honestly. <laughs> I'm gonna go for one in a minute. I'm yeah, sorry. but um, hold your back, mate. Hold your back. It's like the I'm gonna say it actually, it's like the minimal bouncy tech house stuff, right? Which is fucking <laughs> blown up for no fucking reason. This copycat bullshit, right? Oh, he's gone there. There's, there's I'll, some, I'll there's join some, you on this rant. There's some players. 
Ooh. There's some players in that scene, right? Who are Ooh, fair play. They've led, they've led the cavalry, right? And they make great music. But everyone is just trying to, to, to fucking make the same music as them. But, it's but, like but, the Pied Piper, isn't it? Everyone fucking yeah, But I will say, I'm not hating on new producers Wait, who want to Wait, can I argue that, that quickly? Because... No, no, no. I, I completely agree. What I will say is, for people listening, if you make that music, we're not hating on you. Um, we're just giving our honest opinions. <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> however, um, I think there's a lot of things that people cling on to in the dance music scene where people just want to be as cool as other people. This is, and they just want to do what other people are doing because they see them people as being like, oh, they're they're fucking cool as shit. So I want to be that cool. So they'll do things to to be that. That really, doesn't mean the genre is no. bad. It just means that people are sheep. <laughs> this is no, but I, I think like that. This is what it all boils down to as well. Yeah, the coolest thing of anything it doesn't matter whether it's music, fashion. I was going to say politics, but I don't think that's ever like ever cool. <laughs> but yeah. but the, the coolest thing is always just before it becomes, oh, it's considered cool, if oh, that makes definitely, sense. Oh, definitely, mate. Definitely. Because the coolest people, it, it, it breaks into that mainstream because it's that cool that celebrities are starting to find out about it. Then once that, once it, that happens, it's no longer cool. And this is why you always see different cycles in music because techno was is will be the cool thing and then because there's always going to be a a group of people that want to stay out out of the the mainstream yeah and th- those people will always move to the other the other genres they don't necessarily move individually but as as a whole they'll move between between these genres so one year techno will be the big thing this is why yeah. the sound always changes in IB for each year because yeah, the yeah, yeah. the artists and these people, it it as an artist, it I feel it's their their job is to educate and push people in new directions. And Definitely. one the the real people that are at the forefront of anything are the ones that change change things up because they go, well, this has been done. Now I'm doing something else. Yeah, it's it's even like as I don't know whether it's harsh or not, but. There's a part of me with everything that's going on with with these events now, with lockdown and stuff. Of course, it's bad. Um, businesses um, closing down, people losing their jobs. Of course, don't get me wrong, that, it, that is bad. But there's you, you would have seen it yourself when, like, for example, let's take pubs reopening, okay? When, when the pubs reopened after the first lockdown, some pubs you went into, nothing had changed, right? Yeah. But one of my local pubs, the guy throughout lockdown had been, had been outside basically building like an entire outside bit on the, on the hunch that when things reopen, we're probably going to have to be outside, spread out, not be inside, keep distance. So he converted his whole car park into a beer garden, but like seeing out there, heaters, all this people like that, right. Are always going to do well. And they're always the ones that push new ideas because They'd taken the adversity and inspired, taken something new from it. Yeah, and mate, I completely agree. You, completely you need, agree. you need those people. Like there will always be people that come out of things stronger. People will come out worse. At the end of the day, things are always changing, so you always have to evolve. Sometimes you get caught in it and you die mm-hmm. off, but other times you get ahead and 
that's where you make your money or whatever it is. But you have to be willing to take risks, I think. I think yeah. that's what it comes down to. <laughs> I yeah. think, um, like drop, mate, well said. Going back <laughs> on what I said a minute ago, I went off on a f- for a few minutes about uh, stuff. <clears throat> I think the moral of the story was, Blood what I'm boiling. trying to say is, like, people with the wrong intentions will bastardise a genre. That's, I think, what I'm trying to say. Whoa. If, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no. Get, I get you. I get you. You're just thinking, it's just like, this This is the whole idea of trends as well, though. Because when, when people find something, once again, that becomes the mainstream and people think it's cool, then you naturally will get that influx of people. I'm sure there's plenty of events. I, I think probably every event I've been to, there has been a dickhead there. Of course, Without yeah. question. You're always going to get that, people. But you just need to remember your own intentions and what you want from those situations and the music you listen to. And yeah, like like you said, Tom, just try be ahead of the game. Try do something different to what other people are doing. Whether you are a producer or a promoter or a pub owner or, you know, anyone in the music industry, just do something that is out of the norm. And that will probably... Well, I, I think like you you can actually take what you two are doing here with this podcast as well yourselves to be honest with you like oh. lockdown came in you you well I listened to I can't remember who it was you were talking to about this I can't remember if it was Jaguar or Adam's one yeah. but you said like it originally was going to be I can't remember what exactly you said it was going to be a different concept yeah and yeah. then label sort of actually, it's be a label yeah and then you thought actually no podcast and you know what I I was having this conversation with someone else um, the other day, like with what we're doing with our YouTube stuff, with what you're doing here. There's actually, if you look at the big, the big outlets that dominate the industry in terms of media, they're not doing anything game breaking. They're not doing anything exciting. Yeah. Really. Like it's the same, but like you two with this, you stepped out and done it. You've done what? 15 episodes now. Jeez, you probably thought the on. first one you were going to do was like, see how it goes. 15 <laughs> episodes now. Yeah, um, mate. <clears throat> it, but it, 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 it genuinely, like, it, people got, it tends to actually be the younger, like, younger newcomers to the scene that actually do these things because you come with it with fresh ideas. with, mm-hmm. And it, it's important for these things to happen because it's what, what pushes the scene forward. 100%, yeah. mate. Oh, oh you are, think, you're too kind, yeah. Tom, mate. Um, I appreciate that. As well, it's like... Um, <laughs> The intentions we have, me and Dan never had. We don't have any intentions of like being billionaires of it or anything. <laughs> we did it because it's like we really want to do it. Like it's fun and it's like yeah, mate. I mean, it gives it gives people an option. Not, I think not many like the big podcast things. You're not going to go on them unless you're pretty established or you've got like management and stuff. So like I think with us as well, we get like to get like fresh new faces in who we can just invite and be like, oh, hey, they can reach out to us, we can reach out to them. And no matter who they are, I wouldn't give a shit about followers or anything. No. Like, or money. Like, it's I mean, going to be interesting or like, like we love what they're doing. We're going to get them on and talk about it. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of providing a platform for discussion. We're back. We're back. We're back. We are Ooh. back. <laughs> B-A-C-K. Sorry. M-M-F-L. We're fucking back. Okay. Yeah. So um, before we close the final final segment of the show, yep. um, 
I wanted to get some more about Tom as he's been complimenting us beyond belief and it's been, I've been <laughs> blushing. Yeah, I'm just shut my pants. Stop it. So, that was good. That was good. That was good. That Thanks, was really, man. I appreciate that, Dan. That was actually probably one of the best jokes you've ever made. You're going to have to sample reckon? that because it was fucking, that was, that that was like, that was proper great, road that was very, that was comedic value, but in like a cartoon way. It was oh, decent. Yeah, yeah. That on a massive comedy baby (laughs) see that wasn't as funny that that was not as funny (laughs) before you get also your favourite word is baby honestly baby (laughs) 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 okay right Right, come on Jesus right so um, before we close the show um, I wanted to ask you Tom uh, about uh, kind of your advice you'd have for people in the scene in general um Maybe people who want to kind of get to your position in the scene or just kind of advice you have in general for people who want to do well in this industry. Um, I know that's quite broad. <laughs> but, um, do you mean in terms of like pushing yourself? As yeah, nice? yeah, yeah. Just in, just in terms of people go. that there want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. stop talking, um, mate. <laughs> Dan goes on. No. No. I think I know where you want to go. Um <laughs> Um, but for me, right, I think what it comes down to is not not being scared of maybe scared's the wrong word, but not Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ghost. <laughs> Music industry. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> In my life. Take us. But yeah, I, I think for me, the the biggest or the quickest learning sort of curve or experience was that actually there's no, you, sh- you shouldn't be scared of anything. You shouldn't think anyone's better or worse than you because mm. it's, it's like music itself. It's all the, it's some, someone might think you're sick and then turn around and say you're sick. And then that person goes, nah, I thought he's fucking annoying. Doesn't answer his emails, doesn't do this. Like. <laughs> so people always have opinions of it. What I have realized is you shouldn't be scared of putting yourself in the same position. Like these people you look up to, whether they're DJs or party brands themselves, labels, whatever. If, if the time's right, the time's right for you. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be scared of talking to these people and putting yourself to them because if you back yourself at the end of the day, you, you will get there. Mm. And what people, the music, this underground sort of underground scene isn't like the pop scene or that sort of celebrities with fucking millions and millions of followers. Pretty much everyone that does it, does it because they like fucking good music, whether that is... <laughs> like a subgenre of it, right? whether it's tech house or techno, whatever it is at the yeah. end of the day, right? Or vinyl. <laughs> vinyl. <laughs> you, you, you do it because you like it. You like going to parties. You like being around this. You, you're buying into the scene and the culture of it. Yeah. So actually what you find is when you speak to these people, they actually are happy to help you out. Mm. You might come across a cunt every now and then, but <laughs> that's life in general. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but on a serious note, like I think you you shouldn't be afraid to to put yourself out there. But I think the, the important thing is how you put yourself out there as well. Yeah, definitely. Because 
you wouldn't just, you don't just go up to a guy in the street and say, yeah, listen to my track. It's sick. It's a banger. <laughs> so, like, by the way, I'm a DJ. <laughs> yeah. So why, why would you do that to a fucking, a DJ that gets set loads of music all the time and is actually playing fucking cool clubs and that? Yeah. You, you've got to build those relationships and build them in the right way. It might, it might be that you send him something and you say, look, can I get your feedback on it? He might not fucking reply, but that's his prerogative. Mm. But you've got to, if, unless you put yourself in that situation, how is he ever going to reply in the first place? <laughs> yeah, so true, so true. And it, that, yeah. that's the thing. These labels aren't going to reply unless you send them something. Yeah. But also, you've got to be honest with yourself. Is what you're sending them relevant to them now? Is it what they want to hear? Are you just replicating something that they've already done anyway? You might make some music and go, this sounds really like this. But do they actually want it if it's like that? Because they've already been releasing that. These people, these are all things that you've got to ask yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself, I think, and say like, what can I do? What can I not do? Is it the right time to approach? Whether whether that's, for me, I don't make music. So for me, that's emailing someone and saying like, "Uh, I'd like to, I've seen you doing this. Can I help out with with that, with this? Just basically don't be scared to take risks. If if, if it's going to sum it up, don't. Don't you can you can get things wrong. I've got things wrong, and yeah. people above me get things wrong. Mm. It's that's that's part of growing up and being a human. Yeah. To be honest with you, not even music. Well said, mate. Well said. Yeah, I mean, cheers, mate. I've looked, I've looked at messages that I've sent to people on my SoundCloud in the past, like a couple of years ago. I sent like two labels on SoundCloud links and stuff, and fuck me, the tunes are awful. <laughs> And I'm just like, I look back on it now, I'm like, I mean, too no, fair. No, but that's no bad thing, Harry. Because at the time, like, yeah. that I'm a strong is advocate what... of just fucking send it to who you want. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, I send my music to a lot of people. Um, And I'm always encouraging people. I've encouraged Dan in the, in the, in the past and now, to be honest, like to send it to people all the time. I fucking always want <laughs> yeah, you to Mate, you've actually all. created like opportunities for me because I, yeah, I didn't used to do send it. it. Yeah, it's, it's like, it. I, I, fucking like, gonna, I mean, we spoke about it. this before, but one of the coolest experiences was when I uh, played one of Aiden's, you know, Aiden Francis, um, he had on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played one of his tracks at the end of one of my mixes for this, um, for not Tesselate brand in London. Really sick yeah, I know that it's sick pies. I saw that yeah. actually. I was looking for your profile and saw that. Oh, bless you. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and they, um, yeah. and they, and they, they obviously heard it at the end of my mix or something and they, um, I can say they can't like yeah they they've ended up signing that track to their label, so that's sick. And it's it just things like that, and like because if I never played it in the mix, you might not you probably wouldn't have signed but, it. This is it. You've got to, you've got to put yourself out there and take that risk. Mm. You've got to, it. You can't you can't sit there and complain that it's not working for you if you've not fucking put <laughs> yeah. the groundwork in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's but good mate, to have people around you who 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 are like, mate, this is fucking shit hot. <laughs> like I know who to send this to. Like I'll hear someone's track they've sent me and be like, "That'll suit that. That'll be really good for that." Or, but do you, you know what? Do this. Do you know what what I mean? was also really important though is to have people around you that tell you when something's shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But genuinely, yeah, yeah. like maybe not shit, but like could, is are constructive with with the feedback and yeah. because also. You can't have someone blowing smoke up your ass all the time. hundred percent. You need yeah. to be knocked down a few pegs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I said it with those flight things. I was buzzing. I was walking around being like, oh, I'm on the road with Curly, baby. Booked him fucking five grand's worth of flights to the wrong, win the wrong name. 
Do you know what I mean? I knew his name wasn't wasn't Nick Curley, but I put it on the fucking. <laughs> but they they left me hanging for two days, telling me I owed them five grand. But it, it was to knock me down. To be honest, it was to knock me down a few pegs and be like, look, you're not as fucking hot as you think you are. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's the same. You need to be honest. The the best people are the ones that are totally honest with you. If something's not yeah. good enough, it's not good enough. If yeah. If it is good enough, they tell you it is fucking good enough and tell you that you're going to take over the world. And I think that's in, that's important. Yeah, but 100%. It's, it's important to, to come it. across those people and know when to stick with people, when not to stick with people. Because mm. yeah, the think, right person for someone is the wrong person for another as well. 100%. I think it's important. You need to be able to take the criticism as well. Like you need to be open to it and not kind of, if someone says something to you, like be like, if I sent a track to Dan, he'd be like, I think you should like get rid of some of these frequencies here or here. And I'd be, if I would turn around and went, fuck off. <laughs> what do you mean? I fucking like that. It just defeats the whole point of me sending it. It, yeah. it, just so defeats, the whole, it defeats the whole point of me sending it to Dan in the first place. Yeah, you need constructive just, criticism. Because if you just like, send it to people for them to, for you to expect them to love it, that's just that's bad. not what you want bad out of the situation. That's your brain. You bad don't want your ego, look, mate. Yeah, but you're just looking for validation. That's not good. Yeah, if you're doing it like that, you're exactly right. You're, you're just sending it because you've gone, <laughs> I made a fucking banger here. Yeah. And it's it's that roadmap to success thing as well. You go, I made a fucking banger. I'm going to get it signed here. Yeah. Then you send it to that label and that label, you should have gone, oh shit, I should have listened to that feedback. Because <laughs> yeah. that label is probably thinking the same thing or they're yeah. just doing it shit. But it, look at you know me, I mean? look like at my you... glasses. Look at my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Bruno quote for those I think the good thing as well is like, <laughs> if you send it to people who don't necessarily make exactly the same music as you, do you know what I mean? Because then you listen out for kind of production quality and all this sort of other stuff. So like if, uh, especially with me and you, Dan, I feel like we make kind of diff- very different kind of styles of tunes. Do now, yeah. But, but if you sent me something, I'd still be able to listen to it and be like, oh, this is sick or, or um, do you know what I mean? Same with me. <laughs> yeah, you know you're a, you know, you know EP. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like say this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, but as we as we've uh, mentioned, how honest we should be. <laughs> yeah, that hi hat sounds awful, Harry. <laughs> right, oh, start again, sake. mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm messing, oh, I'm messing. Sake. But it's true though. Like I could say some Dan. Like I, mean, I think I said to you about one of your tracks in your EP that you're bringing out. Like when you first had the idea don't of one of the tracks, wink, I said wink. something about uh, the vocal in it, and I was like, I don't know if it's really sticking with me. And then you changed it up. And like did something to it and I was like, yeah, fucking sounds sick. Mm. But if I was just like, you know, yeah, great, straight away. Just didn't even Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic, Dan. Don't change a thing. I like every single bit of it, 100%. It's like, all right, thanks for the help. But, but this is it. That That's not useful feedback, is it? Like, no. oh yeah, this is sick. You're going to take over the world. Cool. <laughs> but... Unless the world thinks that it's like yeah, <laughs> like blowing smoke up your ass makes yeah, ass. Just, I, I just remember to make him feel better is just not healthy for him. Yeah, uh, Amelie's um, before I like, started working with Amelie and Exhale, um, her man, uh, sorry, her man, her, her agent Uga. I was working because I, I worked for Printworks as well. And um, is there anywhere you don't work? <laughs> I get around a little bit. <laughs> um, but I, I was at this gig and Uga, like I used to work, or when I was at IB for Voice, I'd done a deal for him for some marketing stuff through IB for Voice. And then he was at this um, this show, and like as, as chat came down, having a little chat with him, and we started talking about some various bits. But one of the things he said is like, he goes, "It's we talk." We, I don't know if we're talking specifically about feedback, but what the conversation ended up being was he goes, 
he says, I'm, I give all guests this. He runs a festival as well, Extreme Outdoor Festival in Belgium. Oh, come on. And he was, um, <laughs> he went, I, I don't like, he's like, I love inviting my mates and sorting them out and all of that. But he said, they're not useful when it comes to feedback. So you go, yeah, so you go, you have the best festival in the world, blah, blah, blah. He's like, cool. Give me a ticket. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I, I need to know what's wrong with my festival so I can fix the bits that are, yeah. that don't work. Yeah. Are you waiting too long at the bar? Were my drinks overpriced? Was the sound shit on this stage? Did we, is the queuing wrong? He's like, I need, I want you to come and be, so he's like, we have, he's like, there's a group of, he said he's got like a group of mates that, all have different festivals and he said they come and he goes to theirs and he says they rip each other apart <laughs> but That's good. they do it on the basis that they're actually they know they're not doing it to be malicious they're doing it to improve the process and yeah, yeah. and I, like of course it feels it feels good and it's mint when someone goes yeah this is sick but also it feels shit when someone goes you, you spent ages doing something and someone goes it wasn't quite what I thought you were gonna you're gonna produce. Yeah, because obviously you're proud of what what you've done. But if you can take that that criticism and turn it into something good, you end yeah. up probably going on the something right lines. Yeah, I mate. know. Um, yeah. I, sorry, go on. No, you go, 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 go. <laughs> I was gonna say, I've, I've, my business partner, um, he bites his tongue with me quite a lot of the time because I go, yeah, yeah, this is definitely gonna work, definitely gonna work. He he's a Brazilian guy, DJ as well, but he does all of our editing, graphic design, all all that sort of stuff. He we were building a website for someone. Um and I was like, mm, this is worth price I cost us a lot of money basically. And he, he turned around and went, I told you so. It's like ne- next time he, he's like, I don't do it to be an arsehole. I'm thinking like, why are you being so tight? Like let him off this. And I was like thinking, fucking hell, we've done a lot of work on this. But this is it. It's you got to buy. Sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes you get it right. But it's just learning from those mistakes as well. I think. Amen. Amen. So something I wanted to ask you, Tom, was obviously you run uh, MYX Agency, which is the marketing agency. Enter the Y um, to the X. <laughs> and uh, RRP random R to the, R to the P. <laughs> if you guys haven't Reload. discovered that already um, obviously two very music hev- music industry based businesses <laughs> um, during the whole puff, COVID you'll blow the house down all the COVID thing right <laughs> has it been pretty stressful running them two businesses um, during this whole uh, pandemic. epidemic pandemic sorry um, I've, to be honest with you I've been pretty pretty lucky on the marketing front so I've run so I run the MYX with uh, my mate Fel, um, mate and business partner, um, who I met actually in BPM Festival in Portugal. Oi. And literally, it's, I don't know why, we met in a, in a backstage room locked away somewhere doing <laughs> God knows what. And to be honest with Ooh, you... Wow. <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> but... It was a weird one. Like I, I didn't know. Um, I, to be honest, I had this number saved to my phone. I can't even remember meeting him. Like genuinely. Oh, well. oh I've been there. It just <laughs> says right. BPM, BPM. Coke. Yeah, BPM <laughs> fell. 
I thought you'd given me his BBM pin. Weird oh, dungeon prison man. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, now nah, I, I met him there, but he like, we ended up speaking fucking every day for probably two years, but didn't oh, no, seem right. g- genuinely. And I was like, right, I'm going to book him and bring him over to my party. He came over. And then we're like, shit, you know, and he, he was always trying to, we were always trying to do little off it things together. Like he's Brazilian. Um, he knows all the Brazilian bookers. So we, this is what I mean about doing stuff that you're not supposed to be doing. We were trying to like take people like fucking Carl Cox and stupid people way out of our league and give them gigs in South America, right? <laughs> but we didn't t- take into account these people all have South American agents. So like oh. we were introducing them to clubs and then these agents were going, what are you doing? We were like, what, what do you mean? We just, we, Carl wants a gig, doesn't he? And they're like, yeah, but we're taking the fucking 20 grand for it. We're like, ah. <laughs> Basically, what we ended up doing was just finding gigs for people. Their agents would find out about it and go, shit, yeah, I didn't think of that. Right, yeah, 20 grand in my pocket. Oh, <laughs> so, man. But, um, yeah, so sorry. Um, me and me, So I do it with Fel. And then my other mate, Matty, I do the RRP with. And Fel works across both with me, so... We're partners on both projects. Then there's Matty who helps out uh, on the RRP. But in answer to your question, we've been quite lucky with the NYX that we've had Exhale and Amelie, Pampot and Second State. These guys have had the money, luckily, to support us through it mm. and keep all of their staff employed in, in the different, different roles. So for the marketing, we've been busy throughout. Um, not obviously as busy as we we could have been. But that said, as we've come out of this, we've also been working nonstop. So people coming out of it going, shit, there's not actually anyone working. Who They are someone who's working and people are coming to us. So we picked up lots of new business because of that. Oh, cool. So Sick. we're pretty, like I, like, I know it's a shit time for everyone else, but for, like we've, we've been lucky. Yeah, with with the RRPs, Sorry, with the RRP, slight, it's been slightly different because the RRP, as like no one reads anything anymore, and I was just like, I'm sick mm. of doing these interviews and no one, no one's seeing them. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah, like the artists were putting time in, I was putting time in. It's like it's fucking, it's a waste of time. People just showing the headline or not even showing that. Yeah, and so then we thought about switching to this video thing. And since we've done that, it's taken up fucking a lot of time and a lot of hours, you know, with editing these sort of things, yeah. sitting here, doing, like these interviews take time. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They also take, like we we have a camera crew when we go and do those sit down ones. At the minute, that's all coming out of our pocket. But we, we have an end goal in, in mind and we want to get to that. So... Yeah, we've been busy, but it's, we've filled our time with tasks that we want to we wanna push, I guess. And I think, like, you guys know you've started the podcast. There's other people started labels that you you can sit and feel sorry for yourself for a little bit, but you know what? Like, <laughs> you, you've got to do something. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Very insightful um, answer there to my question. Very happy with that. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, it's fucking 15 hours in, so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, episode 15 has to be 15 hours long. Yeah. <laughs> no more. Also, no. the marathon. Real random, 
random question. Like, how does it feel to be on the other side of the questions? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that feel? It's, <laughs> I've realised I've got to keep speaking sometimes. Because like, <laughs> I <laughs> Well, I can't sit there and think of like what's what's my next question gonna be, but that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but at the, at the same time, it's like I don't know. It's interesting to be on the other side of it. Yeah, my, my, to be honest with you, my biggest problem when I'm asking the questions is I try to answer them sometimes myself, and I go shit. Actually, <laughs> gotta shut up, Tom. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Shut I, up. I realize <laughs> I realize yeah. that actually I'm not the one being interviewed. Mm. Sat there answering your own questions. Everyone's a bit like, "Oh, fucking hell, we just did." Yeah, I think sometimes me and Dan have been like, uh, "Me and Dan said to ourselves, don't we?" After after some episodes, like, "Did we let them speak enough?" <laughs> and we're like, "Like, yeah, yeah, I think we did." But that's the idea of our podcast isn't just to get them to. Speak it's a conversation, isn't it? It's exactly, not, yeah, yeah. Works both ways. Well, this this it? is, I, I don't like. What even so with my, with my personal ones, mm. like, what, one of the things that I was worried for for you to have like having me on personally, I, I don't know if this for the other, for anyone else. And I would, wouldn't want to make the assumption, but for me, like, to be honest, yeah, and you might disagree here. I actually <laughs> kind kind of low key on social media. Like I, I'm on it, but I, t- I tend to post stuff for other, other people and that, but I thought like, shit, are they actually going to have, be able to find or actually ask enough questions? Because it, it must be hard to do, like, it's one thing doing a big artist and you can dig through, even if there's not a lot on the internet, five or six interviews and that. It's quite, how do you find it trying to find this information on people? Uh, God, I feel like this is like the second second interview, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I um, I like, I, I enjoy it, just taking a, a dig, find out where they work, you know, <laughs> find out where they work, where they live. <laughs> blood type (laughs) if it's a DJ I'll find out like what sort of genre they do their recent gigs gigs they've done in the past their first gigs Um, but then like to be fair the first questions we ask are usually about themselves and then they give us a lot of information anyway I think we can kind of play with that in our heads and be like okay so blah 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 mate and the beauty of it as well is even though this is a music podcast doesn't mean we always talk about music Um, so you can just like ask really general questions and talk about general topics that people will always have an opinion of. Mm. So that that always makes it kind of easier to, I don't know, speak to people, I suppose. Yeah. Like even where they're from, you can relate music to where they're from and how the scene is there. Yeah. We do that quite a lot, don't we? So like if yeah. someone's from a specific city or country, we can speak about their, like their growing <laughs> up and stuff and then eventually get to was the music scene there how was it uh, how was it growing up there blah 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 blah. yeah where do you live what's your blood time yeah even and to be fair a lot of people we interview we not interview a lot of people we have on the podcast Harry you're going uh, against your own words mate a lot of people we have on the podcast we do follow them on Instagram and stuff so we can see what they do and like it's just just seeing how they're online and stuff (laughs) we're we're basically like super stalkers we're basically spies (laughs) we're spies like we'll pull something up and they'll be like what like with Jaguar we uh we said some things and she's like what <laughs> she was yeah, like, it was about Red Bull wasn't it uh, Red yeah, Bull yeah. Um... She, she was like oh oh shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> I knew more about it than she did <laughs> yeah but it's, it's, I think it's um, we did, like, if we didn't have any planet at all it'd just be a shambles 
I don't know. I think we'd make do, mate. We make make it do. work, but it, it it gives it you yeah. know a bit of professionalism. Right. And so how you you you've got your plan though, but how much of what's on your sheet do you actually use? I actually I haven't looked in my sheet in about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he actually left it in, in the kitchen when he went to get. It. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had quite a few bits written down to ask you to be fair, and I, I asked them, but then they usually they usually just to start a, a like a segment, and then we kind of just roll off that. That's the. It's just kind of it's the beauty of it, mate. Stuff. Lovely yeah, old yeah. segues off cliffs. That's what we want, baby. <laughs> it, it, it's honestly it's sick though because this is it. Like I said earlier, like people ask, go, can you send over the questions before? And I always have to put that caveat. Like if if you say something interesting, I'm going to ask you actually something about what you said, not go on to the next question. I quite yeah. often. So when I send over the video to be edited to fell, especially the sort of the over. Uh, Zoom or Skype, I send it. Um, I send it over with the the questions for him to then cut the questions in because it's more Q and A format. And if I'm being lazy, what normally happens is I ask a question, then they say something, and it it leads onto a question later on. But I never swap the question into the right order. So oh. then Phil sends me back the edited version, and I go, "Why is there a question about?" Um, I don't know the roots of dance music and he's talking about his favourite holiday that he went on <laughs> because I, I never moved the question but it, it, it's sort of what you're saying like you you have a, you have your skeleton interview there yeah but yeah. The, for me the most juicy bit is when it's the second bit of the conversation 100% mate and I also I think the other reason we like um, doing the kind of podcast format is because you can make them as long as you want so and sometimes um, we haven't really had it. I mean, honestly, most guests we've had, pretty much every single guest, not even most guests, has been really good at um, kind of chatting and opening up. But I think the real conversation starts to flow after about half an hour when everyone's feeling kind of comfortable and everyone can just like drift mm. in conversation and get the idea of what's happening in the podcast. So, Well, also, people, like, if you're brutally honest, right, and as... as I say this in all the interviews. Everyone always asks me, is there a question about what we've got coming up? Yeah. And the question does need to be there. Like, yeah. But my thing is, right, if you really like an artist, you you know when their music's going to come out, you'll see it because you follow them on social. You see it. <laughs> yeah. What people really want to know is what fucking after party were you at where you got in trouble? What yeah. what hotel do you get kicked out of? Yeah, what, personal stories. Yeah, what or what do you think about this? Because people people look up to you because of they like enjoy your music and all of that. But they they there's more to it than that. It's not mm. it's not just that you look up to these people because they're a role model. Whether you want to be a DJ that gets to that point, you want to know what they do to get to that point. What they do in their date. Yeah. So questions about like honestly, I I've. I hate it. It's part of the process. I get that. But the best questions for me are the ones that the person has to stop and think and go, actually, yeah, yeah what what do I think about that? Yeah. Because it's this, when you go to the pub, right, when the two of you are talking, you know what each of you do, right? <laughs> yeah. you, do, you don't ask each other what you're doing every day. You know what you like, It's actually not that. In, Unless like, Harry yeah. rings me at work complaining. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, what do you do again? <laughs> Superstar DJ, man. <laughs> but it's, it's true. If you two go to the pub, 
you you fucking talk about all sorts of shit, whether it's fucking Boris Johnson or yeah. what whatever, <laughs> like the, what what music's inspired inspired you or blah blah blah. Yeah, it's not what release have you got coming up. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, so Tom, what release you got coming up, mate? Uh, <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> Oh, I need gosh. to get that twangy sound effect now for the for the yeah. future shows, <laughs> and just like a wop 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 wop. Wow, we wop. Wow, we wop. Air horn. Right, guys, we have been uh, we've been rambling for a long time. <laughs> nice. It's, it's been it's been. I say the word ramble like it's a bad thing, but that is not a bad thing whatsoever. It's how ramble. I get through life. The best kind yeah. of ramble. <laughs> Scramble. <laughs> Scram, um, get out of here. <laughs> get lost. But um yeah, I think it I think it's a, a good point to um to close this show off. So as Tom was saying, how passionate he is about um not asking people what's coming up. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Tom what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not I'm just gonna ask you about your uh, your stories. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah honestly if there is like anything in the in the pipeline for you um you've already given us the opportunity to have some exclusives today which is uh beautiful yeah. um but yeah mate what you got coming up or is there anything you kind of want to pursue do you want to start yoga shout out what do you... <laughs> yeah. shout out shout out your artist you're managing anything like that um for me, not a lot of interesting stuff. Every holiday I book gets cancelled. So I've not even got them to look forward to. Wicked. Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually the opposite. It's fucking money going out. You don't get it. It's back. fucking. <laughs> 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 um, but so Exhale, which is Amelie's uh, label, we've just literally just launched that last Friday. We got the first VA coming out um, in a couple of weeks. That's for anyone that likes techno. Um, Bosh. Then Adam Bosh. has a few little bits on Paradiso all the time. And then I'd say just check out Adam and Levi Paradiso. That's that's the plugs I'm going to do. <laughs> also, Ooh. guys, make sure to go check out the RRP, the Random Rave Project. Yeah. Wow, well, we are. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Don't yang yang yang. <laughs> guys, uh, if you've made it this far as the podcast again every Fucking every week, fair play. thank yeah, you so much yeah. for listening. You're a hero. <laughs> uh, you were there in spirit. Trust me, we were thinking about you. Um, but yeah, uh, tune in next week when we have. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say something <laughs> very know. absurd. Well, next nah, week, weekly, we... weekly podcast, baby. We'll be back on uh, on Sunday next week with more special guests. More special <laughs> guests and more random bollocks, as always. Yeah, and more insightful information on the music industry and the issues surrounding <laughs> the music industry. Uh, that's me being serious. <laughs> but yeah, I've well, been Harry. I've been Dan. And I've been Tom. Yes, oh, yes. He's listening. He's listening before. He's listening before. mate. Honestly, no oh. one, no one has done that first try, mate. No one. And hopefully, oh. someone's heard that you did that first try. And you've been li- <laughs> no one's you've- got this far. <laughs> right. And you've been listening to the meet me front left podcast, yeah. baby. God, mate. Oh, Put and smoke it. Oh, Tom, mate. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> That's the quote. That's the Instagram quote. Baby. Yeah, just put baby. Spelled B-A-B-U-U-R. 
Tom on his journey through dance music, baby. <laughs> Sting quotation marks, that's it. But yeah, as Harry said, thank you for um thank you for listening. Um really appreciate it if you got this far. And um as we always say, um if you guys have any topics, questions that you want us to ask, please mm-hmm. send them to us. We're always active on our socials. Yeah. Um also check out the random rave project and all of our, all of uh, blah, 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 all of Tom's other projects. And of course, the inner circle because we've picked them yeah. up so much. And if you want to see some sick uh, DJ interviews, go on to the RRP and look at the new video ones they've been doing recently. Mm. Really cool insight into their lives and to see artists in their natural <laughs> habitats. <laughs> natural <laughs> habitats. Bloody hell. Well, uh, thank you guys. Thank you very much. We yeah. will see you soon. Yep. And happy Sunday. <laughs> yeah, happy Sunday. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye for now.